It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody. Welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Tuesday, September 8th, as we look to preview the 2020 NFL season. I am joined by the legendary member of WRFW uh, and North Star Sports Hall of Famer, Reagan Hooverman. Reagan, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's great to be here. Back again already. We talked about this last time. For anybody listening, at the end of the last podcast, we did kind of going over the Packers' um, offseason and and it's great to be back already, what, like a week later or something like that. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go over the rest of the NFL at this point and uh, get started here. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I got to say, it was by far our most popular episode. I mean, the downloads were just off the charts on that one. So you, you were received uh, very positively. It. Yeah, you love to see it. And, you know, listen, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the football mood right now because I just had my uh, fantasy draft yesterday. And let me tell you, let me tell you, Hot Sauce P-Hole is about to be a three-time champion in, in the Shark oh, Week yeah? fans division. Whoa. Yeah. Going for the, three, the, the very rare three-peat in sports, man. That's, that's tough stuff right there. Yeah. Well, luckily, it's, it's a family league, and uh, people don't know how to draft. We had uh, Adam Thielen go number two overall. <laughs> very so, nice. We had a uh, funny story. I played in the league two years ago, and a girl took Stefan Diggs one overall. That is fucking funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> uh, you know what? A couple of years ago, I'm not even – because we're all Vikings rubes in my, in my uh, uh, league. Yep. Yep. Uh, we have had someone pick Minnesota defense first overall, and we've had Kyle Rudolph go first overall. <laughs> so Dude, this- when I saw when – I, when I saw Diggs go off the board first overall, I'm, I pretty much put my draft prep in the shredder. I was like, I was like, okay, there's uh there's no need for this. I'll be fine. <laughs> it, it was to the point where I, I picked eight and nine. Cause we have a, we do the snake draft. Yes. My first, my eighth and ninth pick were uh, uh, Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott. And then my third round pick was Aaron Jones. So I'm just yeah. stacked with running backs who are going to score. Yeah, two running backs and, a, and, and an all time caliber flex. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, Great. All right, so where do you even begin on this? I mean, this we're we're in for the long haul here. I'm I'm really strapped are. in. Uh, but we're gonna hopefully they're buckled up for this because this could be what hour and a half, two hours of just in depth football. Which football. Love to hear. Football, yeah. We I don't know. I mean, it might be trademarked, but <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, we're gonna you know we'll probably open up the intro with uh, some some trademarked music and and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. So. Oh, you know, not, yeah. not very, not a, not a big concern of mine, but um, we'll start with the NFC first and we'll go division by division. We'll go from West uh, to East. Um, so without further ado, without further to do, as uh, I like to say, because uh, makes people mad when you don't get sayings correct. Um, we'll start here in the NFC West. Um, so I guess there's not really a good order uh, to, to go with this. I guess we'll go from, uh, team by team, we'll start with um, uh, division winners and then kind of work our way down to the bottom. So 
Uh, we'll start with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Do you have any hot sports takes on the 49ers to, to start the show off with? I don't think I have any hot sports takes, but I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty, well, obviously I'm a Packers fan, so this kind of hurts me, but you know, if, if I was a 49ers fan, I'd be pretty happy with the off season. Yeah. You know what? I can't really find any, any faults in their off season. The only thing that I, I hate to see is, and we'll get to this when we get to the NFC South, but you know, there's, there's, the NFC South knows, knows better than, than anybody, you know, the curse of the Super Bowl loser. So that just kind of makes me wonder with the 49ers. I still think they're going to, you know, win plenty of games. Um, yep. Uh, but, and, and I don't want to, you know, spoil the, the, the load here, but their division's kind of closing in, closing in on them a little bit here. And uh, the curse of the Super Bowl loser is, is a real thing. And I, it, it makes me wonder if they won't regress back to the mean because they had a tremendous year. And I don't know. I mean, when you have that good of a year, you just tend to get figured out the, the next year. So it's on paper, it's, it's still an amazing team. But yeah. I, I kind of question, question the direction of the team. I mean, I think we all know for a fact uh, that Jimmy G is, is not the answer at quarterback. But I mean, you could do worse, but they kind of stuck with him. Um, I, I, I think Jimmy G's... I would consider him basically an, an above average game manager. I mean, at this point, I, I think that's what we've seen from him. I, I don't think his ceiling is much higher than we've seen him play, especially in the Super Bowl. You go back to that, even go back to that Vikings uh, playoff game from last season. There were some throws where it was like, Oh my God. Like if that got one bad bounce, it was a pick six going the other way. And if you're going to have an elite quarterback, he's, he's rarely going to make mistakes like that. Um, so I think Jimmy G is more of a game manager. But when you when you take a look at the offseason, they lose Emmanuel Sanders, they lose Joe Staley, they lose DeForest Buckner. So that's that's three bitty, pretty big players that had an impact last season that they lose. But they go out, they add Trent Williams, they address a couple other positions in the draft. And I feel like they were one of the few teams in the NFL that really they, – they saved cap space by not overpaying those players that they lost. They got younger at those positions by addressing it in the draft. I just feel like – this is such a good team still. I don't know if it's a 13 and three team. It might be an 11 or a 12 win team, but um, I, I see them pretty much easily winning the NFC West. Yeah. So um, I guess I'm going to disagree with you here. Um, Jimmy. So here's the thing. Like when I'm critiquing the 49ers, I'm going to critique them as a playoff team. Cause I think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think anybody questions that. So I don't doubt that Jimmy G will be fine in the regular season, but he's damn near a liability in the playoffs. The one big move they made that I will criticize that uh, you didn't mention, um, although you kind of alluded to it with getting, getting younger, but trading DeForest Buckner for the ninth pick and then just drafting Javon Kinlaw uh, in, yep. in my mind, obviously that's obviously that's going to save you money, but that's a terrible move. You're trading a 25 year old all pro and, and you know, what, what are the chances that Javon Kinlaw, even as a pro bowler, let alone an all pro and, and anywhere near the, the uh, you know, the, the, quality of a player that DeForest Buckner was. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have them. I don't have them winning the playoffs. So I guess I'll put – or uh, winning the playoffs. Well, I, I certainly don't have them winning wow. the playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Um, playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of Jim Sturm. Um, oh, but I don't, oh. I, don't have them, I don't have them winning the NFC West. I have them going 10-6. Wow, so, so, okay. So you must have them – 
and I guess, do you want to kind of do record predictions as we go team by team, or how do you want to do that? Yeah, let's go team by team. So what is, what is okay. your very scientific record prediction here for the Niners? I'm going to say, I'm going to say San Francisco wins 12 games. I'm going to say 12 and four wins the NFC West. They had a plus 169 point differential last year. Um, and if you take a look around the other division or the other teams in the division, Seattle was only plus seven Rams plus 30, but they were nine and seven and Cardinals minus 81. So I don't, as of now, I just don't feel like there's any reason to pick someone else. Um, I, I haven't seen enough out of Seattle in the off season and we can get into that here in a minute, but I'm pretty happy with um, how San Francisco has approached the off season. Okay, fair enough. So that leads us into the Seahawks. They uh, finished second in the division last year. And I don't know, we kind of go through this weird thing where like we talk about elite quarterbacks. We talk about like who's the best, who's a top five quarterback. And it sounds crazy to to say that Russell Wilson is underrated. But honestly, like I agree with that. I, 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 I do think he's a little underrated here because, you know, everybody's talking about Lamar Jackson. I don't think anybody would really dispute that Mahomes is the best. But Russell Wilson, listen, th- think about how bad the offensive line has been and how bad the defense has been post-Legion of Boom. This team has never gone below 9-7 and seven with Russell Wilson as a, as, as a starter of this team. Now, uh, you, you look at the moves they've made. They actually have a good defense now. You trade for Jamal Adams. Uh, Shaq Griffin is a Pro Bowl corner. Uh, Bobby Wagner is probably the best inside linebacker in the game. You still have uh, uh, Bruce Irvin, whatever that, and KJ Wright, whatever that gets you. And uh, you draft Jordan Brooks. Um, so, you know, the, the, the front four kind of gives me a little concern, and the offensive line is still largely um, garbage. But yeah, I don't not- know, man. It, like, so that might. But that might be true, and it probably is, but you look at how what they've done with how little they've had in years past. This is a much-improved team. I love their offseason. I'm going to say they go 11-5 and five and win the NFC West. And that's that's kind of a good point is, you know, I don't, I don't know how you feel about the Jamal Adams trade. I wasn't super high on it. I think they gave up way too much for a safety, and I know I've, I've literally taught – I have friends who are – that grew up in Seattle. Like, I have a guy who diehard Seahawks fan, and he he's trying to convince me that the Jamal Adams trade is just perfect, and, and I don't see it. I think they gave up too much. It's a safety. It's not like you got a an all-time pass rusher. It's not like you got, you know, a caliber left tackle that's going to change the entire offensive line. Like, it's not like that. you got a safety who's a really, really fantastic player. Um, but in the game today, it's just it, it's just not as much of a position of value. Um, it, the defense is still fine. Obviously, it's not leading of boom. Um, that not having Clowney is going to hurt. Pass rush is okay. The offensive line sucks. But the thing is, w- like you said, we've seen Seattle and Russell Wilson do a lot with a with a very minuscule amount of talent on the offensive line. I mean, it's been pretty bad for years. And like you said, they haven't been worse than nine and seven. I can see them competing for the division. I just don't think they're better than San Francisco, um, especially with just how last season shaped out. Seattle won a ton of close games. I mean, they go 11 and five and they only outscore their opponents throughout the season by seven points. I mean, you kind of got to get lucky in that regard. I think they've had a decent, a decent off season, but I, I just don't think they're ready to take the crown back just yet. Um, unless Russell Wilson just goes crazy and has like an MVP year. One more thing on Russell Wilson. Um, I agree with you. Completely underrated. How much do we hear about Mahomes, about La Jackson, uh, Lamar Jackson? Obviously, they're great players. They're fantastic players, literally MVP guys. Um, but I'm still hearing talk about Tom Brady. 
I'm still hearing talk about – there's still talk about Jimmy G out there. Why are we not hearing about Russell Wilson, who literally carried the Seattle Seahawks through the playoffs last year and almost won a, ge- a game on the road in Green Bay against a defense who was one of the best in the league in terms of pass rush? Uh, I'm high on Russell Wilson, and I think Seattle will be just fine. Probably a wild card team for me. Yeah, so, the, I mean, the thing with Russell Wilson, too, is – don't be surprised if he plays till he's like 39 or 40. I know he's undersized, but I think I think as he gets a he's little older, his game his game is going to translate so well. And and it's kind of like the the Packers. Uh, we don't have to re- rehash too much of this because obviously we'll get to the yep. NFC North in a minute. But like, oh, Rodgers is so good that we don't have to invest in the wide receiver position. He'll just he'll just he'll do it all on his own. That's been the case with Wilson, but now he has. So you talk about the games being close. In my opinion, they're they're going to have a defense that you know, is not going to, you know, blow huge fucking leads. They could probably hold on to a lead. So I don't think Russell Wilson will have to do everything for the Seahawks. They finally given him enough where he's still going to have to do a lot. But, uh, you know, I I think this, the Seahawks team is really set up to, to win in in the playoffs finally, Um, you know, and it's definitely a different team than, you know, five or six years ago, but uh, I'm I'm pretty high on the Seahawks. So uh, I'll need a, I'll need a, a record prediction for Seattle, sir. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the same same as last year, eleven and five, and probably a wild card team. All right, fair enough. So we don't disagree on uh, on the record. Um, this this leads us to honestly, this might be the most interesting team uh, in the NFC. <clears throat> a potential a, a potential dark horse contender here with uh, the Arizona Cardinals. So I kind of want to let you go first on this because I feel we. Actually, maybe we won't disagree uh, too much on it, but what are your thoughts on the Cardinals? I, I absolutely love it. I love the. I, I know they were 5-10 and 10 last year, minus 81-point differential. That hurts quite a bit. Um, but, man, the offseason, I'm really happy with it. They swindle the Houston Texans for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, that was that will likely go down as, at least in the last five or ten years, is one of the best deals um, in terms of how it plays out, they get DeAndre Hopkins. They they dump David Johnson, who, in my opinion, is addition by subtraction. I know he was flashy a couple years ago. He was a fantasy a fantasy football monster for a long time, but he's not the player he once was. He was getting paid a ton of money, and now that's that's basically going to fall on the Texans. They draft Isaiah Simmons to help improve the defense. They've got weapons all around the field. Larry Fitzgerald, maybe one of the three best receivers of all time. I mean – it's hard to argue with that Cardinals offense. And I think the defense is getting a little better as well. Five and 10. I expect them to take a big jump this year. Kyle Murray is absolutely electric. I mean, that dude's awesome. And uh, I, I'm going to be trying to watch as many Cardinals games as possible this year. Yeah. So I guess you and me are in complete agreement here. I think that they, they might be one of the, I mean, five and 10 is not the, the worst record, but they might be right up there for the, the highest swing um, in I, wins. Yep, I agree. I love Kyler Murray. Uh, I, I think that's proven to be an, an amazing pick. All the question marks that they that he had coming into the league kind of have dissipated. Highway robbery. Let's not. So let's not forget. Yeah, they got uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but they also get rid of David Johnson in the same move. That's amazing. Eno Benjamin, honestly, will probably you know he was a steal in the seventh round. He, he'll probably just replace all of David Johnson's lack of production. Um, and 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 how about this? Uh, th- this is just more for for you and me. It's not really uh um. You know, a big reason to root for the Cardinals, but Chris Strevler's their, their third-string quarterback. Uh, he he was a former Gopher. 
Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is from Minnesota. Dan Arnold from the WIAC. Max Williams from Southern Minnesota. I mean, there's just – Devondre Campbell from uh, the the, the Gophers. I mean, there's just so many many Minnesota connections here. Uh, Shout the fuck out to Dan Arnold. And, uh, you know, this is – they are going to be a dark horse contender. I I love it. Again, um, you know – you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, albeit, you know, it's the first overall pick deal. So, I mean, he's still probably getting paid eight or nine million. Um, and, and the defense is, it's going to be better. It's really talented. I love Isaiah Simmons, probably my favorite player in the draft. Uh, Hassan Reddick is, is, is super talented, but I'm going to need to see some, see something from him. Um, I have them going 10 and six. I, I really think they're going to be right up there for a wild card when it's all said and done. I, and I'm, I'm close to you as well. I'm right on the verge of 10 and six. I'm going to go nine and seven, which is still a good swing. I mean, that's from going from five and 10 to nine and seven, a super young team, um, obviously outside of Larry Fitzgerald, but like there's some really good players on that team. And, and I think they've got a bright future ahead. I'd love to see the jump that Kyler Murray takes, maybe insert himself somewhat towards the MVP conversation, which I, I really don't think is out, out of the realm of possibilities considering the talent that they have on that offensive side of the football. The defense is getting better, hopefully force some more turnovers, give Kyler Murray and that offense uh, some more opportunities. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with nine and seven just because of how I've shaped out the NFC West so far, but I think the Cardinals are going to be a much improved team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this leads us to the Los Angeles Rams. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that this is a very tough division. You look at the record predictions I've given. So I'm just going to start with a record prediction and kind of work backwards here. I have them going 6-10. and 10. I think losses have to come somewhere. I mean, you got, you got six divisional games. I, I'd be hard-pressed to favor the Rams in, in any of those games, not to say that they won't you know, win one or two. Um, but, but on paper, I mean, I, that Goff contract is really bad. I don't think he's yep. necessarily the answer. Um, I know Todd Gurley has kind of dipped, dipped off a little bit, and obviously he's no longer on the team. Um, so they've kind of played a couple of seasons without production from Gurley. But let's not forget how good Gurley was a few years ago. Like your, your run game, I know you drafted Cam Akers, but I, let, me, let me start here as well. I'm not impressed by their recent drafting. I don't like, the, I don't like them taking Van Jefferson. I didn't think I, I would have gone uh, J.K. Dobbins over Cam Akers. I don't like, uh, you know, Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett. I think they reached on players like that. And I, I just I just see a, a defense that has some talent. But, listen, you probably overpaid for Jalen Ramsey. I know that's a big name. But if you look at the stats, like, dude, he was in, like, the 60s or 70s for, like, best cornerback uh, last year. So, I don't know, man. Big names on this team, but it's going to be a big disappointment. You like what I did there? I, I love it. And and let me, let me not beat around the bush here. This is going to be a bad football team. I know you said six and ten. I'm looking at like five and eleven here. I think, I think they had one of the worst off seasons in the league. <laughs> like, I, it was so bad. They lose Cooks. They lose Gurley. They lose Littleton. They lose Fowler, Weddle, Coleman, and Zerline. Dude, seven players who were really good players for not that long ago. These were players that were starting making a huge impact. Uh, you can ar- argue Zerline's one of the best kickers maybe in the last, what, 20, 20 years or so. Like, they lost some great players. They don't have a lot of draft capital because they spent most of it trying to improve that team a couple of years ago. They don't have much cap space, so they couldn't go out and get, you know, quality veterans. They couldn't go out and get any, any big-name guys. Obviously, you, you talk about Ramsey, but like you said, 60s or 70s in terms of actual production and statistics, man, this Rams team, 
and I, I, I almost hate to say it, but I really don't. I'm kind of happy they're going to be bad. Like I, I've never been a Rams fan. They've, they've got too much of that LA vibe for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they go five and eleven. I think they're just a really bad football team. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I didn't realize it was that. I knew it was a bad off season. I didn't realize, you know, they Dude, lost, they lost like ten every players. They literally lost seven starters. <laughs> Jesus Lord. <laughs> yeah, they and they're gonna, and that's a. That's the thing, too, with uh, – Ramsey got a new deal, right? Uh, I, th- I think he got a new deal. I'm going to look real quick. It's, it's weird how you forget stuff from even, like, last year when, when you know, the offseason comes Dude, and all that. It, but I, either way, they're going to be hamstrung with so many of these contracts that with, with, of players who aren't even worth it. Um, and it, it kind of yeah, sucks I, because it, it means you waste players like – Dude, uh, like John Johnson the third. he's going to come up for a contract real soon. That guy might be – he might be a top five safety in the league, you know, in a year yep. or two. He's really good, but it's it's not going to matter on a team like this. Yeah, it I, I it doesn't look like he's got a new deal yet. I, I mean, it, the trade is just two uh, was two first round draft picks, 2020, 2021, and a fourth rounder in twenty twenty one. So I I don't think he's got a new deal, which means he could be asking for money shortly as well. Yeah, and here's here's the thing, and we'll talk about this with the Texans um, in, in a little bit, but. Yeah, so it's two bad outcomes, right? Because either uh, you let Jalen Ramsey walk and you wasted like two first-round picks, or you resign him for Overpay. God knows, like twenty-five million a year, and now you have yep. an average cornerback with a big name and an attitude issue, uh, yep. and and you're you're paying him, you know, quarterback money. So it, it's a lose-lose. I mean that yeah. that trade was an F in in my opinion. Terrible trade. I- I I think they finish last in the NFC West, and I don't even know that it will be all that close considering San Francisco, Seattle, and then the jump that Arizona is going to make. Yeah, you know what? You got me really negative on the Rams, and I, I can't say you're <laughs> you're wrong to do it. I, I was like, because when I before I started doing some research, I was like, man, their off season wasn't that bad, was it? And then I started looking into it, and I'm like, oh my god, this was beyond terrible, <laughs> just garbage. Um, so moving on here to the NFC North, um, I guess we can, well, we're, we're making good pace here, but obviously we did an entire show, um, on, on the green Bay Packers upcoming season, yep. but we'll start here we with the Packers because they were uh, the division winner. So, uh, Reagan, I need the cliff notes from our, our last meeting. What do you got on the Packers? Interesting draft. We spent quite a bit of time talking about that. Jordan love AJ Dillon. Um, you know, some interesting picks, and, and we talked about it quite a bit in the last show we did for Green Bay. In my opinion, at least, it's a philosophy change from, you know, aired out West Coast style and, you know, the Brett Favre in the early 2000s to more of a, we're going to be a balanced attack, maybe run the ball some more, and, and, and kind of try and address some of the concerns with an aging Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then adding some players in the offseason, obviously they lost more than they gained. Um, but, you know, you add Christian Kirksey to, to kind of sure up that, that linebacking core a bit. Um, and then they don't address the wide receiver position. I mean, they didn't go a single wide receiver in the draft. And, and just in the last few days here, I've seen they've been cutting quite a few of their late-round draft picks, um, some offensive linemen that didn't exactly pan out for camp. But they don't address the wide receiver position, um, which I think is, is was supposed to be critical for this upcoming season, and that's going to hurt a bit. Um, so it's basically Devonte Adams. Outside of that, I'd say slightly below average offseason. There just wasn't enough done um, for a thirteen and three team that was knocking on the door of a Super Bowl. 
And I, I believe your record prediction was uh, 11 and five. Sounds about right for me. I'd have them right in there fighting for the division or maybe a wild card spot. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're the Packers expert here. I agree with everything you said. Um, yeah, not not a, a very impactful draft, in, at least in year one or year two, I guess, is the conventional um, thinking yeah. with that. Um, I'm going to have them – I think I went 11-5 and five on the Packers preview show. I've kind of cooled off a little bit. I'm going to go 10-6. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I just look at their schedule, and this is true for the NFC North because I think they're scheduled to face the NFC South. And then the Packers were a first-place team, so they also get uh, the Niners. So, like, they got a lot – especially early – they have a really tough schedule. Like they have the Buccaneers, the Texans, the Vikings, the Niners. Um, so it's if they can get through that first part of the schedule, they'll probably. I mean, they might. Who knows? They might go twelve and four, eleven and five if they can get through that. But uh, that's that's a really tough spot. Uh, the Vikings will be knocking right on the doorstep. Um, but I do think the Packers are probably um, ahead in in a, a couple of key spots. Um, but I, I like the defense. It'll probably hold um, leads pretty well. But again. The, the receiving core, uh, I, you know, I don't know. And they cut Jake Kumaro. Not tough. that that's – not that he's, Kumaro's you know, gone. not that he's he a got, number two wide receiver, but he f- was looking to factor in pretty big in that offense. I think he got wavered almost immediately by uh, Buffalo. But I haven't, I haven't kept tabs on that. But I saw Buffalo express some interest in Kumaro like the second he got cut. So there's a market out there for him. And shout out to the Whitewater guy. Love to see that little Division three Wyack action. Absolutely. You know, I am so fucking depressed that Alex Herrick is not in the league right now. Dude, ser- I, not even like a camp? Like, come on. That dude, 6'7", he put – dude, he's such a good player. We, we we called so many of his games. And, like, yeah, maybe he doesn't have, obviously, wide receiver speed. But, like, man, you shove that dude in at tight end inside the red zone and say, hey, man, go up and catch a football, he's going to do it. We've literally seen Dan Arnold do the same thing and translate and uh, that's and you know what it it sucks because I've said this before but this is literally the worst offseason to come into the league as a guy with not a lot of expectations like if you were a sixth or seventh round pick or god forbid undrafted dude fuck it your career's over you know what I mean like this is such a tough year I don't think there will be any Adam Thielen's from this year I don't think so either I mean it's just that there's just not enough room for error all the teams are having to make cuts that they they wouldn't have have to make in the in the past and there's just not a lot of shots for guys like you said even drafted after like the fifth round after that you're basically expendable and and guys are getting cut one more thing on the Packers though I want to see the jump hopefully that Rashawn Gary makes didn't see the field a bunch last year didn't play particularly well um I what was he 12th overall yep like I I mean that that that's an early early pick that you have to get right if you're Green Bay and you want to win a championship soon um, so I'm curious. I'm really excited to see what Rashawn Gary does. By all reports that I've seen coming out of uh, Green Bay, is he's had a fantastic offseason and and he's supposed to make a jump. Yeah, I hated that pick at the time. Um, and again, you you know I'm genuine with, with my Packers takes as as of as of late because you know I was a fan of Jordan Love. I mean, pretty much whether or not I love it or hate it will tell you how good it is because you know listen. I mean, we're gonna have to see the Packers twice a year, but. Imagine how scary that defense would be if Rashawn Gary, you know, has an impact on on that team. Um, Just another weapon on that defense, yep. Yeah, absolutely, an ever-improving defense. So, uh, moving on here to the Minnesota Vikings, the purple and gold. Um, They went 10-6 and last year. 
I'll let you go first here on the Vikings. Oh. What, what do you make? What do you make of the Vikings? Uh, you get the you get the floor, um, sir. I followed it a lot less than I have the Green Bay offseason, so I I'm I'm kind of going to kind of defer to you here, but this is what I've seen so far. Justin Jefferson, love the pick. I think as soon as you get rid of Diggs, and and they got a pretty good return on the Diggs trade, so I'm I'm not super against that. Um, but drafting Justin Jefferson, I think that's pretty much as good as it gets in terms of replacing Stephon Diggs, who was, in my opinion, the best receiver on that offense. Um, so that was pretty good. It, it kind of raises some questions for Adam Thielen for me. And this is more of a, a gameplay style moving forward, but you know, Diggs was usually the one getting double teamed the last couple of years, which which freed up Thielen quite a bit. And now that double team will likely be going on Thielen, and it's going to be on Jefferson to force them to not double team and provide some more attention to him. Um, so that'll be interesting moving forward. But overall, I, I think it's kind of moot at the wide receiver position. You take a step down a little bit, but you get younger, you get cheaper, and I'm okay with it. Um, they lose a couple defensive starters. The defense is is concerning to me a little bit. Um, in the last week or so, the eh, maybe it was two weeks ago, they added Yannick Ngakwe, which I think was a fantastic trade. So that defense gets a little bit better, but there's still concerns at, at cornerback. I don't know how I feel about the linebackers. Obviously, Eric Kendricks is fantastic and one of the best in the league. But, man, Daniil Hunter hasn't practiced in like four weeks or something like that because of an apparent tweak. If you're tweaked, I don't know if you sit out three, four weeks, but they're keeping it close to the vest there in in, uh, in Egan. But overall, I think it was a decent offseason for the Vikings, and I expect them to be somewhere around the 10-6 and six mark um, and 9-7, and seven, somewhere around there for the next season, and uh, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, so I have the Vikings going 10-6. and six. Um, here's, the thing, here's the thing with the defense, and this is a little concerning to me because – Listen, for whatever you can say about the Vikings in the playoff, in the playoffs, um, they've been really – they've had it pretty good for the last, like, five years. Like, they've Very been good. pretty consistent year in and year out. Yeah, some years have been better than others. Um, but what's, what's scary talking about the defense is, is who they lost. And it, it's not necessarily a scary thing who they lost, but the reasons why they lost these players is what's actually deeply concerning to me. So, like – Stefan Weatherly, I, I like him. I actually think he was going to be a good starter. Um, you know, he's one of those guys who was a late-round pick. We kind of worked him up, um, you know, and, and he saw uh, uh, more and more time in the rotation. And he left to take a, a pretty small deal with the Panthers. And obviously the Vikings were cap-strapped, but you kind of go, huh, that's weird. Why would you, why would you kind of yeah. take a prove-it deal with another team, uh, you know, when you already know this defense and Zimmer is this defensive guru, which I'm not saying he's not, but, um, you know, that's interesting. And then – um, Mackenzie Alexander, I think he takes a one-year, $4 million deal, basically a prove-it deal with the Bengals. And you're like, that's kind of weird. Like, you know the system here. Same with J. Ron Curse. He took a, I think he took a one-year, $1.5 million deal with the Lions, uh, which I think he will stand out. But listen, he's not going he, to look good. He'll look good by comparison, but he's not going to look good with that Lions defense. So you just kind of go – that's weird. Like all these depth guys we've been grooming and, you know, maybe would have taken over as a, as a starter at some point. It's, it's really weird that they all chose to take awful deal, awful prove it deals elsewhere and not come back with the team. Why, why is this the case? I think the Ngakwe trade is amazing. I fucking love that trade. Honestly, this, this is a very high uh, com- comparison, but it's 
there's a lot of direct parallels here with age and production and, and stuff like that. I think that's the very reminiscent, even what we gave up. I think we gave up a second round pick and like another no, draft no. pick. Um, no. I think that's basically the Jared Allen, Jared Allen trade 2.0. I, that yeah. is an amazing trade. You're not going to get anything better with a second round pick. And I think him re-signing with the team is a foregone conclusion. I don't think they would have given up a I, second round pick for, you know, a, a, a rental or anything like that. So I, I love I love that from the defensive uh, point of view. Well, and one quick thing on that deal. I actually – I would have been okay with a first-rounder. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'd have been okay with a first-rounder for that player. I mean, he's a young dude. He's – and as we know, pass rushers, yeah, they're going to be really good at between 22 and 26, but the prime is looking more like 27 to 31. So this dude could get even better. They give up a second-rounder. Like, they did everything right in that deal, and I think they've got a guy to go opposite Daniil Hunter for the next, like, six years. Yeah, and, you know, the the offensive line, which has been a concern for this team, honestly, since 2012, I'm actually okay with it. I'm not, you know, I, I don't have any false expectations for, oh, this is going to be – I just need this offensive line to be anywhere from, like, 20 to 17. I don't even need it to be average because that, that's a pipe dream. But, you know – Bradbury's penciled in as a guard, uh, you know, Elfline's penciled in or Bradbury is a center, excuse me. Elfline, he is switching from the left side to the right side. Um, but been, I, I think he's been bad. Yeah, that's, I don't think he, I don't think he gets re-signed because he, he's up for Pat a Elfline had a, he had a really good first season at center and he sucked. So they kicked him to the left guard. Now they're moving him to the right guard. They're moving around. They're just trying to find him a spot at this point. He hasn't been good. I think you need to take a look at Garrett Bradbury. You draft him high in the first round um, to hopefully be the franchise center, but you take a look at some of his PFF from, from a couple of games last year. The dude was pass blocking at a rate of zero, a, a literal rate of zero, like was not pass blocking at all. I think he has to make a big jump, and if he does, that offensive line, I think he gets closer to average. I don't think it's average. I think it's more like – 17 to 20 in that range you were talking about, which is fine. If you're the Vikings, I think you'll take that. But if he doesn't make a jump and he is what he was last year, that's a bust of a first round pick and it's going to hurt the offensive line quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, his, his rookie performance was a little weird. Cause I've seen metrics that say he good was run blocker. He, yeah. I've really seen really metrics that say he was an elite run blocker. And then you'll see other stuff where like, Oh, he's garbage. I, listen, I don't know. I'll give him the benefit. Of, I mean, it was his rookie year. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I agree with that. But you know that that is a question mark, but not the biggest question mark on the offensive line. I like that they restructured Reef because I think losing a starting they fucking tackle a, a week before yeah. uh, you go out there would have been devastating. Brian O'Neill is actually probably a top ten right tackle. I'd love to see him translate to left tackle because I think obviously that's far more uh, important. Valuable. Yeah, and and uh, you know I, I don't. I didn't love the drafting of Ezra Cleveland, but, you know, whatever. I mean, he's kind of a similar story to O'Neal where people were like, oh, that's a bad pick, but he's athletic. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I just yeah. like that they're investing in the offensive line. That's something that they really have never done. And listen, for like a three- or four-year stretch, they've for sure had the second-worst offensive line in the league right behind Seattle. So if you, if you tell me right now I could press a button and they'd be number 20, I'd just take that. If you look at what this team's done with, with absolute dog shit on the line, I'll take it. <laughs> and the thing with Jefferson, uh, he, he's obviously not going to have an, uh, as good of an impact as Stephon Diggs in his rookie year. Now, long-term, maybe maybe he will. But I, I like that uh, Olabisi Johnson, uh, you know, is, is kind of coming into his own and, and you sign Tajay Sharp. So you might not 
have to throw Jefferson into deep water. And here's the thing. Uh, I'm not, I'm actually pretty negative on Kyle Rudolph. I kind of always have been, but I think Irv Smith is going to have a breakout year. So when you talk about, um, you know, well, Thielen's definitely going to be the one getting the double team. And I think his production will go down, but I, I, I do think the Vikings will make you pay for that with younger guys like Irv Smith. Um, so I, I don't think it's, it's too bad in the receiving core and um, you know, I, I, I like Alexander Madison and listen, Kirk cousins. I mean, he had a one Oh seven passer rating last year. That's not, again, I, there's always the huge discussion. Like you, you only can be on, on two sides of it. Either you're a Kirk is an elite type of guy or you're a Kirk doesn't even belong in the league type of guy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for crazy sports takes, but listen, you don't get a one Oh seven passer rating by, by mistake. He's not an elite guy. He's not a top five guy, but is he top 10 as in number 10? Yeah. I think yeah, he's like yeah, probably he, listen, Kirk, Kirk cousins could win you a super bowl. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying there's been better years to win a super bowl than, than, than this year for the Vikings. But listen, he's not a bad quarterback. Like they're not, they're not going to move on from Kirk anytime soon. And, you know, statistically, I guarantee you he has another season above a 100 passer rating, which, you know, is, is still pretty impressive. And I have them going 10 and six, which would be tied with the Packers. Um, but I, I'm going to have the Packers winning the division. I don't know why. Maybe they win more head-to-head or more divisional or whatever the tiebreaker is. But I both have them at 10 and six. But for the playoffs that we're, we'll be talking about later, I will have the Packers as a division winner and the Vikings as a wild card. Cool. Okay, so um, – couple more things in the Vikings. So can Kirk Cousins win you a Super Bowl and we don't have to get super far, super far into this? I think the answer is yes. But I also think in order to win a Super Bowl, the defense would have to be like circa 2017 form. And I think the offensive line would have to be nearly fantastic. And I don't think those two things are going to happen. I think the Vikings right now, they just feel like a team to me. And, and I think you could almost put Green Bay in this category as well. They're a team that's they're going to play well in the regular season. They're going to win a game or two in the playoffs, and they're going to go to the NFC Championship and get destroyed. And, and I think that's basically the ceiling for both of these two teams right now, unless something dramatic happens in the next couple weeks. Um, but that's kind of where I am with the Vikings as well. I'm going to say I'm going to say nine and seven. Actually, the defense concerns me. Um, I think I think the Packers win the NFC North. And I think a lot of those nine wins come against the bottom two teams in the NFC North. All right. Well, speaking of the bottom two teams in the NFC North, we have the Chicago Bears, who were eight and eight last year. Uh, I think they're going to be significantly worse. Uh, Their defense is going to keep them in games. Um, But, you know, the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero, I think is true. And even even if that wasn't true, uh, yeah, you have two quarterbacks, but both of them are dog shit. So it doesn't matter who you throw in there. I think one's probably a little better than the other, and you can you know decipher that on your own. But two awful quarterbacks. Uh, your wide receiver core is is bad. You're overpaying Allen Robinson. Speaking of overpaying targets, you're overpaying Jimmy Graham. And I think the the defense, so bad. The defense is going to come down a little bit because I think they played so well last year that's going to be so hard to replicate obviously they'll still be a good defense but dude this team is just not going to score points i have them at six and ten and i won't even argue that and and you know we can get in i'll get into it here when we move to the the final team but real quick on the bears i mean it doesn't mean it doesn't need to go much further than these two points right here they signed jimmy graham two years 16 million dollars who is 
at this point, Jimmy Graham, I don't even think it's fair to say he's on the scrap heap. I think he's literally just sitting in a junkyard somewhere, and they walked in and dusted him off and said, we'll take him for $16 million. Can I, can I say something sign. crazy here? Can I interject with something really crazy? Yep, yep you got it. You Sorry got for it. this. I'm no, not even remotely kidding. I would rather have betting on the upside and just seeing what I have straight up. I would rather have on my team as my third tight end, Alex Herring over Jimmy Graham. And I'm like, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's just nothing left in the tank for Jimmy Graham. There's literally nothing left. We saw it in Green Bay last year. His one, and we talked about this on the Packers podcast a week or two ago. The dude – what. He got paid to catch touchdowns in the red zone. He wasn't he wasn't effective in the red zone. He he didn't serve as the big target he was supposed to be. He didn't catch touchdowns. What was he doing on the field? He he realistically outside of the one pass to end the end the playoff game against Seattle. Outside of that play, I can't think of anything good he did in the entire last season. I I literally can't and I watched every game. Other point for the Bears. Like you said, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Here's the thing. Why is Nick Foles in a quarterback competition with Mitch Trubisky? That's that's all you need to know about their quarterback room. That room is a dumpster fire. That room is destroyed. What whatever else you want to call it. I mean that it's garbage. And and if, and if you bring in Foles, you need to bring him in to play football. I don't want him backing up. Why would you sign him to be a backup at this point when you're Chicago? If you're if you're gonna sign him, he needs to start. And they just announced Trubisky's gonna be the starter, which I think is a huge mistake. I mean, that dude is cooked already. And what is he like in his third year or something like that? Fourth year? Like, there's just nothing nothing left there. In addition to that, kind of going off the quarterback point, they could have had Cam, they could add Andy Dalton, they could have made a play for Teddy Bridgewater. There was three pretty good quarterbacks. You can make an argument Andy Dalton's kind of cooked as well, but at least you know what you're getting with Andy Dalton. Like, there's quarterbacks out there that they, that they could have went and got to kind of supplement that defense, and now there's no help. That defense is going to have to do it all. The offense is going to be garbage. They're overpaying a wide receiver. They're paying – why do they have eight tight ends on the roster? Can someone tell me that? Why? Well, what are we doing here? They're eight and eight last year. I think they regress as well. I'm looking at like – man, I'm looking at – I might go five and eleven. <laughs> yeah, just really. And here's the thing: this like, is so bad. We we all everybody knows from from outsiders to every single executive and front office person inside that building. Everybody knows you made a mistake taking Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes. Okay, there's nothing we can do about that now. There's nothing we can do about that now. You already fucked up. But is it worse to just say? Uh, we fucked up, we're, we're cutting bait, and we're going to move on? Or is it worse to just keep having this mistake on your team, sinking your, your football team You know, for year four, year five, year six? Year, are you going to give them a contract extension? Wouldn't shock me because these people don't want to admit they made a mistake, which, to be honest, is fine by me because I couldn't give a fuck if the Bears are good or bad. I actually hope they, I, yeah. I hope they keep I, Trubisky. I, I, I hope they're bad, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I agree with you. At some point, you have to realize – Hey, we made a bad draft pick, and and like that happens, and and yeah, it's gonna go. It's gonna go down as one of the worst draft picks of all time, considering who was available in that draft. It did in but, year two, but well, exactly. I, I think there was people in like day two apps, like post draft, that were like, "Oh my god, they've made a huge mistake." But the thing is, at some point, you have to acknowledge it. 
you can't just let him ride off into the sunset and waste two years of Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and, and Eddie Jackson, all those, and all those guys, those ball hawkers, you know, playing on the defensive side of the football. Why are you wasting years of their career? This is a, this is a really good defense. One of the best in the league, a defense that will win the games that will force turnovers. You put someone averaging at quarterback, you're winning at least eight games, in my opinion, and and they're not doing that. So I think the sooner they – well, actually, I hope they never acknowledge the mistake and they just continue with him. But if you're a Bears fan, you've got to hope they they wake up here in the next couple of weeks and say, we're dumping Trubisky and, and we're moving on because I think that's the best course of action. I just don't think it's going to happen. Oh, Absolutely. Um, speaking of uh, another terrible NFC North team, uh, we have the Detroit Lions, who went 3-12-1. Uh, this team is a dumpster fire, question mark? I don't know if it's, you know, they'll Truck win. fire, garbage can, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but it's it's not great. Uh, Matt, Patricia, Matt Patricia and everybody in that front office will be fired at the end of the year. There's no way they, they keep them. Uh, because there's no way that they're going to earn their jobs. But to be honest, so here's the thing. I might have overshot them with their with their um, uh, record prediction because Stafford, when he does play, is serviceable, and they do have some nice pieces. Surprisingly, or maybe un- not surprisingly, I have them going 5-11, and 11, which is still bad. But um, I think this is the last year that Stafford's the quarterback. I know he's only 32, but this guy uh, has a, a perpetually broken back. Like, this guy's yeah, not reliable. And the bad part, if you're a Lions fan, is you're going to be bad. Um, so, I've, obviously, I have them going 5-11. and 5-11 and 11 is like the 10th pick in the draft. Like, you're not going to be bad enough to get a Lawrence or a Fields or maybe even a Trey yeah. Lance. So, you're in, some, you're in a weird spot where you're going to be bad. You're going to be well below 500, but you might not be as bad as you need to be to move forward as a franchise, if that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. And, and I'm going to say, you know – you take a look at what they did in the offseason. They get they get the cornerback, Jeffrey Akuda, you know, early in the draft. You know, they have DeAndre Swift added to the offense. Stafford's serviceable. I think he's still a decent quarterback. Um, he's certainly better than Trubisky. They didn't make any, at least that I'm aware of, really stupid, you know, signings like, like a Jimmy Graham or something like that. Had, we're really just dumping on the Bears here, but I'm here for it. Um, they didn't make any st- really dumb signings. I think the defense will be improved. You know, and I, I honestly think they're better than the Bears. I know you said five and eleven. I have the Bears at five and eleven. I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk the Lions up for six and ten, and and they get out of the basement for, of the NFC North for a year. So I'm gonna go six and ten on the Lions. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, I think well, they can swing three wins. Especially I watched a lot of a lot of their games last year. They were bad, but I don't know if they were three and twelve bad. I think they could have won four or five games. Um. And it's it's almost unfortunate for them that they're not going to be worse this year. Like, it, man, you you give them like a you give them three and twelve again, they're going to have what top five draft pick, and they have a shot at what it, a potentially generational quarterback. Um, but I, I think they win five six games this year. I'm going to go six and ten, and and they're a little bit better. I think they're better than Chicago. I really believe that. It, there's a healthy discussion to be to be had there. Um. Moving on here now to the NFC South. Uh, well, I guess we'll start here with the New Orleans Saints because they uh, were the division winner last year, uh, going thirteen and three. Um, dude, I'm so impressed by the Saints and and how they've built oh, really? this roster. Like, wow. 
this is not necessarily just this season, but like whole every move they make, I'm just kind of like, damn, that's that's impressive. Like, okay, so obviously the big question mark here is like Drew Brees. Does he have enough left in the tank? Um, I don't. I don't know, man. Like, I I, I have them going eleven and five, which I, I guess on paper looks like they're going to be worse because it's you know it's there it's a, a two win decrease. But I don't know, man. When it comes to like what they could do in the playoffs, I'm so impressed. So as a Vikings fan, I can really appreciate good offensive line pr- play because I've rarely seen it in my fucking adulthood. Like <laughs> what they do on the offensive line is so impressive. So you have Teron oh, Armstead my. and Ryan Ramchek, probably the best tackle combo in the league. Okay. Last year, uh, I believe this was last year. Yeah, so he'll be going into his second season. You drafted Eric McCoy. Wasn't really a flashy pick. Holy shit, is that guy a good center? Uh, Andres Pete, uh, I, I think there was probably a little too much hype on him coming out of the draft. Stanford offensive linemen don't tend to do well uh, translating to the NFL. They thought he was going to be the savior at tackle. He's a pretty good guard. I think he got an extension. And then this year, you spend a late first-round pick. Oh, do we get him a weapon? No, let's draft Cesar Ruiz. So this offensive line is not only good right now, but it's all super young. It's going to be good for years to come. I think they've overtaken the Cowboys for having the best offensive line in the league, and then everything else builds from that. So Alvin Kamara, I think he had like four rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, it's almost statistically impossible unless he gets injured this year to have less than that. So, dude, I just look at what this team does offensively and how they plan for the future. Like, oh, are we going to win the Super Bowl a couple of years ago? Uh, we could make moves that we could go all in, but let's, and this hasn't necessarily worked out yet, but again, I think their plan was to ease him in a little bit. No, let's draft a Marcus Davenport. Let's let's draft a guy who's going to be a depth guy for us and kind of, so even if it doesn't work out, th- this team is is planning for the future brilliantly. Now, um, can Breeze stay healthy? Is Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, could he go 5-0 and uh, if he came in? Absolutely fucking not, but this team is really good. All right, I, I won't lie. You've you've moved the needle on me. And in terms of convincing me that New Orleans will be better than I thought they would be, I just take a look at and I I can I'm not going to dispute the weapons and the line and the deep whatever. But in my opinion, Drew Brees is like I think he's a, a little bit further over the hill than we than the public thinks he is. You take a look at how he finished the season, even the last couple of years. It wasn't great. It was suspect throws. It was they were short, they were wobbly, and it was interceptions. And it's I'm losing my faith in Drew Brees. I know he's a, I know he's an all time great quarterback. I get that he's been fantastic in the regular season, but in the postseason he hasn't exactly proved it for me. Outside of like 2009, but like that was so long ago. I just I don't know if he's the same quarterback as he once was. I think this could be kind of a last hurrah type of thing for him. I think this year and maybe next year are going to be his last couple of years. But, you know, they, they they add Emmanuel Sanders to help add to that offense as well. The offensive line is good. Kamara's obviously still there despite all of the rumors that have been circulating around that guy um, and, and kind of New Orleans not wanting to pay him. But I think they'll be a decent team. I'll chalk them up for like – I'll chalk them up for 12-4. and four. And I was going to be kind of an 11-5 and five guy considering Tampa and what they've done, and we can get into that here in a minute. But I'll put New Orleans at 12-4 and four and, and kind of see if – I don't think they have more than two years left with Drew Brees and, and making a run at a championship um, unless they find another quarterback in the draft soon. But, yeah, it's, Saints are a good team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So, I guess, yeah, we'll move on here to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they were probably the best 7-9 and nine team in, uh, in NFL history. That might be going a little too far, but, uh, you know, that, that was a team that could have been like – like that team could have been 11-5 and five if like four or five like super close games at the end just kind of went their way. And you look at the moves yep. they made, I think those games are going to go their way this year. So I, I think – I think this team is a little flashier than people think. I, you know, so obviously bringing in a lot of big names. I don't know how much the big names will bring in. Obviously, Tom Brady, uh, you don't bring him. You don't bring him in for the regular season. You bring him in for what you're going to do in the postseason. So I don't yep. care about his stats in the regular season. I don't think they'll be too particularly impressive when you look at the career of Tom Brady. Like I don't, I don't think he's going to throw 50 touchdowns. But you're not asking him to do anything like that. Like you bring in Gronk, that's a big name. What he can bring to the team. Listen, we'll find out. You bring in Leonard Fournette. A lot of people are making a big deal about that. I think that's being completely overplayed. I don't know what he brings in. But, you know, listen, this team was a solid team last year. You have Godwin. You have Evans. You got some weapons. Some, but surely, surely somebody in the run game is going to do something this year. You have enough options with Fournette and Jones and McCoy and Vaughn. They're not necessarily good options. Yeah. I mean, that's – you got three good guys back there. For me, in terms of Tampa, yeah, Tom Tom Brady's nice and, and Gronk is nice, but I, you know Gronk. I mean, that dude could. It, it was getting to a point where he could barely walk at the end of his at the end of his run in New England. I mean, that dude is he's he's injured quite a bit. I mean, his body's withering, but you know, maybe a couple years off, maybe that'll help him and he'll he'll be back in some decent football shape. Obviously, he's going to be a decent player. Um. Godwin you have you have Evans you have you have good running backs I mean you've got pretty much everything you need to be a good football team but the biggest addition for me is addition by subtraction you're taking 30 turnovers for Winston that dude was a 30 for 30 guy which hopefully they make another one what if I told you um because he deserves it based on that season it's a literal 30 for 30 and with 30 touchdowns 30 interceptions Tom Brady will never ever ever turn the ball over 30 times you're seven and nine with a dude who was just regularly throwing pick sixes, and it was just accepted by the team because that's who he is. Man, I they're gonna. I think they're gonna win a lot of games. They had a plus point differential last year compared to Atlanta, who finished above them technically in the standings, who was minus eighteen in point differential. I think Tampa is gonna be so good. And I know that's like the common common take, but you take a look at the NFC. Tampa's got a really good shot here, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I, did you give a record for them? I didn't catch it. Uh, I don't think I did. I, I'm going with okay. twelve and four. I was. I'm twelve and four as well. And I, you know, I don't know how that shakes out because I have New Orleans at twelve and four. But one of them is going to win the division, obviously, and the other one I think is going to be a wild card team. But man, that's uh, it's such a good team, and and I'm kind of happy because Tampa Bay has just been it just been a dumpster fire for so many years, and. uh I'm excited to watch Tampa play, and it's going to be a, a, a little electric offense. Oh, yeah. The, the the two things that concern me, and I don't think these will bad, be bad in the regular season, but, again, you're trying to build for the postseason. And then quickly on Gronk, I think O.J. Howard will be the starter pretty much all year long, and you just save Gronk for situational moments in the regular season and then the playoffs. But the defense is a concern. You do have some nice pieces, but that secondary, they've tried to address it. It'll probably be better this year. I love – I fucking love A-plus, S-O-D, steal of the draft on Antoine Winfield Jr. I know the second or, uh, the, the safety position is kind of not as important as it has been in the past, but holy shit, that's a great pick. Um, 
But the offensive line, I don't think it'll be bad. But just looking at who they have, like, ah, Ryan Jensen. Okay, you paid him a lot of money. Well, I don't really know what he's doing these days. Ali Marpet is legitimately good. You got to hope that Tristan Wirfs, who's a rookie, uh, very highly touted. I mean, he was a top 13 pick. But holy shit, you're expecting a lot from Wirfs. I don't know if they have him listed as a left tackle or a right tackle. Um, but, I mean, your, your other tackle options aren't super great either. They're like Donovan Smith and Joe Hegg from North Dakota State. So, you know, I, yeah. there, are some, there are some definite question marks on this team when it comes to can they make a run this year, uh, a legitimate run. But I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty high on this team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, New Orleans and Tampa, they're going to be two of the best in the NFC. No doubt about it. And I think um, that's the week one opener. Yeah. Yep. I, I think so too. Um, that's going to be a good game. So where do you want to go from there? Do you want to go to Atlanta or would you rather go to uh, Carolina? Uh, let's go Atlanta. Cause they, they were higher in the, in the standings this year okay. or last year, excuse me. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say on Atlanta. I'll start with a record prediction here. I think they go six and 10, very, very tough division. They were never the same since the Super Bowl loss. Uh, people make a big deal about them signing Gurley. They've already said he's on a touch limit, uh, so I don't think he'll be that awesome. They need their first-round picks from a couple of years ago to step up. Caleb McGarry and Chris Lindstrom, they need to step up. I know Lindstrom was injured. McGarry, that was just a bad pick. Um, listen, you look at the roster, it's still super talented, but they've been a really talented roster for the last couple of years and haven't done fuck all. So I think they're 6-10. Yep. and 10, And, again, they're in a tough spot because they are, they are good enough to the point where they will not get uh, a top 10 pick, but right I, I think they really spot. need it. Yep. Um, I'm pretty much in lockstep here with you as well. I'll throw the racket out there. I have them at six and 10 as well. And you just take a look at it. They lost Vic Beasley. They lose Desmond Trafant. They love, they lose uh, Devonte Campbell. They, Matt Ryan isn't getting any younger. I mean, like this is not a team that I see getting any better. Wow. You had Todd Gurley who, who probably was shipped to Atlanta on a stretcher in the back of an ambulance. Like there's just, you know what I'm saying? Like they're just not making any moves of, of any consequence. And I, I don't think they get better. I think they take a step back and, and I think pretty soon here, they're going to blow it all up and pretty much start over. Yeah. So uh, let's move on here to the Carolina Panthers. They were five and 11 last year. And I just want to, I just want to say something maybe, maybe crazy, but honestly, I believe it. Um, so first of all, I think they go eight and eight. This, this is going to be a breakout team. I think they're a dark horse. Now, it sucks that they exist in a, in a division at a time where the Buccaneers and Saints are where they are at because I think if they were in the NFC East, I think they would win that division. I think this team – I mean, they were 5-11 and 11 last year with just complete – with nothing. So you, you have Teddy, who I think is going to fit perfectly in that offense – um, you know what I mean? And, and, and uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously, you know, I mean, he could be an MVP this year for, for all we know. Um, so I like the offense. The offensive line is not super great, but, you know, old, old check down Teddy. Uh, you know, I, I really like his prospects. And, and, and the thing is, I think they had nine draft picks. All nine of their draft picks went into the defense. So they're investing heavily in this defense. It will be much better than it was last year. I'm not going to say it'll be great. But you get Derek Brown. You draft Yitor Gross Matos. You had the 16th pick last year. You drafted Brian Burns. Uh, you know, Shaq Thompson is not the worst linebacker I've ever seen. You take Jeremy Chin, who I actually liked a lot in the draft out of, uh, I believe, Southern Illinois. Uh, you know, the, the secondary 
it's going to get interesting because you lost James Bradbury. Not that he was super great anyway, but he got the, the brink struck from the Giants. So the secondary will be uh, probably not very good. But I don't know, man. I really – this is going to be a tough out for any any matchup they have in the season. I really am high on the Panthers. Yep, I, I think the Panthers will be improved. I don't know how big of a jump they'll make. They, I mean, they were – I want to say they were one of the worst teams in terms of point differential in the league last year. They were minus 130. Um, next closest in the division was Atlanta at minus 18. But the thing is, I, I really like the addition of Teddy Bridgewater. I really like that. I think the defense will be all right. They lose Luke Keekley, um, which which hurts quite a bit. I mean, that's that's the heart and soul of that defense. And I, I don't know why. I'm just kind of – I think they get better. And, and I'll just kind of leave it at that. I think they're going to be about seven and nine is what I have them chalked up for. Um, but I'd like to see him play better than that. I'd like to see him, you know, kind of compete with some of those teams in, in a powerhouse division that is the NFC South, especially with, with New Orleans and you look at Tampa as well. Um, but I, the biggest thing for me is, is Teddy Bridgewater. And I, I think they're moving in the right direction after a tough couple of years there. So I'm going to say uh, seven and nine for Carolina. All right, well, moving on here to the NFC East. So we'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles because I think they were the division winner last year. They were 9-7. and seven. Um, This is a gross division, so I don't even really want to spend a whole lot of time on it. I don't we give a fuck about the Eagles. I think they're the most average team of all time. Carson Wentz can't stay healthy, and even when he is healthy, I mean, statistically, I guess he's been good, but I don't really think he's he's all that in a bag of chips. Your, your entire offense is going to be reliant on Ken Miles Sanders improve in uh, in year two you have no wide receiver help the offensive line is getting older the defense is due for regression and the secondary even though you traded for Darius Slay is still complete dog shit you wasted a pick on uh, Razul Douglas you you wasted a second round pick a high second round pick on Sidney Jones who you just cut I don't know not really impressed by the Eagles I think they go eight and eight I think they're just the most average team in the league yeah I'm actually not a fan of the Eagles at all I mean, they were. Uh, I I seriously don't know how they won the division last year. I mean, I you have to chalk it up to, and we'll get into it here in a minute. But Dallas just choking. I mean, severely. But you look at Philly; they were nine and seven, and plus thirty-one in point differential. They weren't super super great on the road. They were average at home. I mean, they they're just not that great of a team. They lose they lose Brandon Brooks. Like, yeah, they they had Darius Slay, but they're. I don't think they're better than Dallas. I genuinely don't think they're better. I, I'm, I say Eagles finish somewhere around eight and eight, and that kind of depends in terms of upside on Carson Wentz staying healthy, which we know is is as far as possible from a guarantee. I mean, I just I'm not impressed with this Philly team anymore. I I think they're actually getting worse um, instead of getting better. So yeah, I got eight and eight for for Philadelphia. All right, fair enough. Well, moving on to. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that might have been true in the fucking 1950s. Yeah. Um, they went 9-7 and seven last year. I have them going 10-6 ten, ten and six, um, only because their division is probably the worst division in uh, the NFL. They are probably going to be the worst 10-6 and six team in recent memory. Um, I don't know. I like Zeke or uh, Dak. I wish they'd pay him. That Zeke contract uh, is probably the worst contract in the league. They're paying him something ridiculous for like the next five years. Uh, and he had a real real uh, regression last year. Uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, that is a, a great draft pick. I think that might be the steal of the draft on the offensive side of the ball. 
Uh, Mike McCarthy does nothing. You want to talk about average coaches? You got rid of an average coach, coach in Jason Garrett. You I just replaced him with that. Jason Garrett 2.0. You should have you no, should have no. you should have backed up the Brinks truck for Lincoln Riley. The defense is a liability, and you lost Travis Frederick, and the offensive line is still going to be good, but it's it's uh, coming back to earth here. So ten and six, but I mean, dude, if they were in the NFC South, they might go six and ten. I I kind of agree with that, but I I actually disagree completely on Dallas. I mean, they had I know they beat up on New York, I know they beat up on Washington, but they had a fantastic point differential last year. They add Mike McCarthy, who I completely disagree. This is a dude who won a Super Bowl. Well, it was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I get it was Aaron Rodgers. But that dude, for, what, 10 years, was one of the best coaches in the league? I mean, he's a good coach. He, he No argument there here, though. He got outdated. He clearly, the league flew by him, and that's why he ended up getting fired. I mean, he wasn't making any adjustments, but – it's been documented pretty well by, by, by some credible reporters that he has pretty much completely changed his system to fit the modern-day NFL. I think Dallas made a good hire there. Even if he's an, an average to maybe slightly above-average coach, which I think he's better than that, but even if that's what he is, he is light years better than Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was a literal liability on the sideline. He couldn't lead a team. There was no passion, no energy. He wasn't a good head coach. So I think they make a step up there. They get C.D. Lamb, who I think is one of the steals of the draft. Like, am I wrong there? Like, I think that's a fantastic draft pick. The offensive line is still good. Dak's good. Zeke, he needs to he needs to get back to what he was a couple years ago. I don't know if his body's breaking down or what. Zeke needs to take another step, especially considering the contract that he's got. And here's what I think. This might be a hot take. This might be my hottest take of the day so far. I got Dallas at 12 and four and I have them going six and zero in the NFC East. Wow. That is uh that's quite their prediction there. 12 and four, huh? 12 and four. I, I think you're getting gifted six wins in the division. And I'm like, not even joking. I think Philly got worse. New York is not good. Washington is certainly not good. I, man, I like I think they. I think they get. You get six wins in the division, and then you have to just go six and four in your remaining games. Yeah, I, I do think their record's going to be inflated, but I just, I don't know, man. I just don't think they're going to be that good. Although C.D. Lamb, that is, I'm not saying amazing. Yeah, he's. I think it was an amazing draft pick. I think Mike McCarthy's going to help change the locker room. They've they've still got some good pass rushers. The defense, eh, it's fine, but dude, it's this is not. I don't want to get this construed that I, I am super high on Dallas. It's actually how low I am on the NFC East. They're so bad. The NFC East is a dumpster fire division, and I don't think it's unreasonable for that Dallas team, which is a pretty decent football team, to go 6-4 and four in the remaining 10 games. I don't think that's unreasonable, and I think they sweep the NFC East. I, it's more of a reflection on the division than it is on, on the Dallas Cowboys. So I, I got them at 12-4. and four. And I might get killed for this take in about six months. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Reagan Hooverman's a massive fan of the Cowboys, irrespective of divisions. I hate, I hate uh, the Cowboys. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> moving on to another uh, subpar NFC East team here. We have the New York football Giants, which I think is a dumb thing to say because there's no other New York Giants um, in 2020. Uh, but they went 4-12 yeah. last year. 
Um, surprisingly, I don't know, we might disagree on this, but I have them going seven and nine. I think that they, uh, they will get better. I think, I think Daniel Jones, still not super crazy uh, on, on him as a franchise quarterback, but he is better than I thought he would be. Barkley's a monster. The offensive line got better with um, uh, Andrew Thomas. Uh, you have no weapons. You have no weapons. I found this out uh, drafting for my fantasy football team, uh, Hot Sauce Eagle. <laughs> Uh, dude, they have like Damian Ratley, Sterling Shepard. Okay, can you please not have another concussion? Uh, and like Golden Tate, Darius Slayton. Not not really impressed by their their weapons and their defense yeah. is still going to be real bad. But I have them going defense, seven and nine. The defense is not good. The offensive line isn't great. I mean, like you said, they had Andrew Thomas, which I think was actually a really good draft pick considering where he was drafted. But the thing is, for me, I don't have faith in Daniel Jones. The weapons aren't there. I'm looking at more of like a six and ten, or maybe a five and eleven. I'll, I'm gonna go six and ten as my final record for them. But that is not a good football team. It really isn't. No, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with you too much on the on the fact they're not a good football team. I just think their division is real. And here's the thing: like we're giving these record predictions, but it it like would it shock me if the Eagles went nine and seven and won the division again? I mean, not really. Would it shock me if the Giants went four and twelve again? Not really. Like I don't know. The division's so up in the air. I agree with that. I mean, it's just it's just a dumpster fire. I don't I don't have much more to say on the Giants. So I I have one sentence here on on the Washington. Uh, well, no longer Redskins. The Washington not Redskins. Football the, team. Washington yeah. FT. Uh, they were three and thirteen last year. They'll be two and fourteen. Uh, the reason why Reagan Hooverman uh, can be uh, summed up as they're bad. They're garbage. <laughs> They're really bad. All I have to say. Um, minus minus one sixty nine in point differential last year. Finished the game on a finished the season on a four game losing streak. They were they were literally worse at home than they were on the road. They were one and seven in Washington. I mean, they're. I think the only good. I think they did two good things this off season. I think the hire of Ron Rivera was good. And I think Chase Young was a was an excellent draft pick, which fell into their lap. So they don't get too much credit for that. You made the pick you were supposed to make. They lose AP. Dwayne Haskins is named starter. I'm gonna go three and thirteen. It's just not a good football team. It really isn't. I mean, there's just I don't have much to say on that. They're just not good. <laughs> I, I feel so I feel so bad. So bad because the 2021 starter at quarterback for the Redskins is going to be Trevor Lawrence, and they are going to waste his entire fucking career. I feel so bad. You're, and, you're probably right about it. And even if you're it's not, right. even if it's not Trevor Lawrence, like even even say I don't know, the, say the Jaguars also have them going two and fourteen, but say say they are are the worst team. Okay, so now you've wasted Justin Fields' career or Trey yep. Lance's career. Like they will, oh dude, it's going to be. It's it's fun to watch because it's it's like watching a car crash. Like you can't just, you can't turn your head away, but you know it's wrong. You have to look, no matter how bad it is. You have to look. <laughs> yeah. Oh. As you're seeing people get turned into you know ground hamburger meat. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what the Redskins are. Or the fucking that's going to take so much getting used to. The Washington football team is is yep. going to be like they're going to be like a gruesome, bloody car crash. They're gonna yeah they're going to be like uh, Paul Walker. That's a good. Uh, that's a good um, comparison. My God. <laughs> okay. too, too soon? Um, so that's the uh, – I mean, it doesn't hurt me, but I don't know any of the listeners. I don't know. I, oh, I don't care about – I don't I'm, care about the listeners. I only care about my Chinese sponsors. 
Well, I'm sure it'd be great to have some Chinese sponsors. Anyways, I think we're good on the NFC unless you want to do playoffs. I don't have – I haven't been tracking playoffs, but if you want to do it, go for it. Yeah, so you know what? I think we'll do the NFC side of the playoffs real quick here. It's just for fun. Uh, we'll do the NFC yep. side of the playoffs first. Then, you know, then we'll go through the NFC championship game. And then once we're done with the AFC, we'll do the AFC side. And then at the end of at the end of this, we'll do the Super Bowl. And then I, ha- I have MVP picks and uh, rookie of the year picks. I have odds. So real quick, we could do that at the end. Um, so the, the way I have it here is the, the Buccaneers and Seahawks both have first round buys. Uh, the Cowboys and the Packers are both going to host uh, playoff games in in the wild card. So I have the Saints at the Cowboys and the Vikings at the Packers. So I'll need real wow. real brief predictions for for these two because obviously this is uh, some real reckless speculation, which is what Minnesota oh, yeah. sports fans uh, have come to expect. Absolutely. Um, so I I think the Saints beat the Cowboys. I know the Saints aren't su- aren't super great in the playoffs, but I don't think the Cowboys are, are 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 super awesome. Who knows if there'll be fans there? To be honest, I don't really think it's it's going to be super relevant. Even if there are fans, I just think the Cowboys aren't very good. So I have the Saints beating the Cowboys in the NFC Wild Card. Absolutely. That's I mean that's not, yeah I haven't I haven't made a bracket, so you can just kind of go through yours, and I'll just insert opinions as we go. Okay, and then a little a little um, uh, on-air production meeting. I'll actually, when we're done with this, I'll make a bracket for you, and I'll get your picks uh, later. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yep, because I have all your division winners, and and we'll have yep. all the predictions. Um, so then, uh, <laughs> Vikings at the Packers. Hot sports take: I have the Vikings beating the Packers uh, and wow. moving on. Yep, they get Maybe. the upset. Kirk Cousins, he's going to throw another one in the back corner of the end zone to to Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings. I mean, this is the historically pro- probably the most unlucky franchise, but like the last like three years, they've been so lucky at the end of games in playoffs. I just, I just see that, uh, you know, continuing. Yeah, that's that's a take right there. Minnesota going into Green Bay and getting the win in the playoffs. That's that's a take. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of here for it though. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're in the divisional round. Uh, it's the Saints, the number five seeded Saints at the Buccaneers. Um, I have the Buccaneers moving on. I think uh, the Saints are good enough to get past the Cowboys, but you look at what they do, especially later in the playoffs, they're just not good. They could be as stacked as they want. I don't trust Drew Brees as far as I could throw them, uh, which, which if, if I'm using his arm is, is probably about 22 yards. So uh, we'll have the Buccaneers moving on to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that's – I. I agree with you a hundred percent in the, in the, in the new Orleans thing. I mean, we just, they've had, I think you can make an argument. They've had the best roster in the league for probably, eh, maybe not last year, but certainly the two years before that. And they couldn't get the job done. They just, they find a way to lose playoff games and it's, it must be so frustrating for that fan base, but I agree with you. I mean, it, I just don't think they get the job done at any point here, no matter what their record is after the, after the regular season. Yeah, and, and they're so good at just getting production from rookies like Eric McCoy. The 2017 draft class yep. is legendary. Um, so we have, we have the number six-seeded Vikings uh, going to Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks will kill them. It will not even be close. It'll be just like the 49ers did uh, last year. Sorry to get so cliched here with my Vikings playoffs, but uh, I think they will get absolutely smoked by a true elite quarterback in Russell Wilson. 
Um, and, and it really doesn't even, it doesn't even matter that the Seahawks defense is better because they'd still beat them, you know, in last year's form or the year before that. Um, but it will be a bloodbath, but the Vikings will get to the NFC divisional game. Uh, so they'll get farther than most teams in the league, but uh, they will definitely falter here. So it will be uh, the Buccaneers and the Seahawks in the NFC championship game. Like it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent in, in terms of Minnesota. I mean, they just, when was the last time they won at Seattle? Like that's a legitimate question. They can't win there. And I'm not saying it's just Minnesota because a lot of teams can't go to Seattle and get the job done. It's a tough place to play outdoor environment. I mean, it's a great team, but the, I mean, that's been the kryptonite for Minnesota. I mean, they just can't win there. So if they have, if they have Seattle on their, on their schedule on the road, it's pretty much a loss every single time. Dude, the last time the Vikings probably won at Seattle, honestly, was probably even before the Blair Walsh miss. I know that was a home game, but just as reference for, uh, I, yeah, for fans. No, I, I agree. Well, so that was like that was like 2015, right? Yeah, 2015. Yeah, well, I think dude, technically, I think technically it was in 2016, but yeah, the 2015 okay. season. Yep. yep. Dang, man, that. And it's not, it's not necessarily a fault of the Vikings. Like I said, that's just a, a brutal place to play, and it's a fantastic team. But man, that's that's tough. And it seems like kind of a sidebar. It seems like scheduling. It's always Minnesota and Green Bay at Seattle. They never travel to us. Yeah, what the, what the hell is the deal with that? Every single year they're on the schedule. That's no like matter four what. years in a row, Minnesota's gone to Seattle. <laughs> because the, there is a pattern for the schedule. It's not just random. Yes. So that, yes. that's weird because it's – yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, that's, so That's really bad luck. We have the Seahawks at the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game, and I have the Buccaneers moving on in this one. I think they're uh, – The home Super Bowl. The home Super Bowl. They're going to get a home Super Bowl. I'm not going <laughs> to – We'll, we'll get to the Super Bowl when we're done with the AFC, but they will make it to the home Super Bowl. Don't wow. know if there'll be fans there, so kind of irrelevant where the stadium is. But, yeah, they will get a home Super Bowl this year. I think they beat the Seahawks. Well, dude, that would be – I mean, obviously I want Green Bay to play in the NFC Championship game, but if Green Bay is not playing, dude, that would be such a good game. You get New Orleans – or you get, uh, you get Seattle and you get Tampa Bay. I mean – that would be a legendary NFC championship game. You get, you get Russ versus Brady to go to the Super Bowl, dude. I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is going to be exciting. And the Super Bowl matchup I have is, is going to be awesome. Um, so now moving on here to the AFC West. So we'll start here with the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas city chiefs. Um, is it possible for them to get better? I honestly kind of feel like they did. I, I love the addition of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He wouldn't he would not have been he would not have been the draft pick I would have taken. I would have taken Jonathan Taylor or a J.K. Dobbins. Um, but I like it because like we talked about on the on the Packers uh, preview, I don't know how this came up, but it did. Um, you, you, you look at what you did with Damian uh, Williams, who opted out. Uh, oh, wow, we had such a great offense with some guy off the street. Yeah, that's true, but what if you invested in that position? And that's what they did. They didn't have to take a running back. They could have been perfectly fine. But this this offense is going to be even more lethal than it was last year because you actually have a first-round talent as a running back. Um, I, I, this is not really a talker for the 2020 season because he is on the roster, but what are we doing here with uh, Chris Jones? I'd love if he was there long-term. We saw when he was injured last year, there's a major difference with Did him he? on the field and, and him off the field. I thought he got a deal. Am I crazy? Did he? I'm, I might have. It's so tough keeping up with the options. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he got like a four-year deal. 
I'm gonna, oh, he I mean, did. Yep. Oh, I'm yeah. Four years, eighty million. Okay. So uh, forget that. I guess yeah. that was more of a talker for the off season, but okay. So that that that's awesome. I think he's probably one of the uh, a top three defensive tackle. Um, Great pass rusher in in yeah. the league. But here here's the thing, and this is more of like um, this is more like a mythical like talking point. Although it's real, it's nothing you can necessarily quantify. But it's hard to win a Super Bowl, dude. It's really fucking hard to repeat. So it's not necessarily something where you yeah. can look at, oh, they made this move in the offseason and this move. It's just more of a mentally, can you guys be there? That's so taxing. The season goes so long. Like, you know, you know injuries what I mean? Happen. Injuries yeah. happen. It's just this team certainly should be the favorite to win a Super Bowl and certainly could win a Super Bowl this year. But it's just, man, there's so, there's so many intangibles, especially in this year. It's just, can we get there healthy? can we be mentally ready to do it? It's just, you don't see a lot of teams repeat Super Bowls. That's just not really something you see in today's game. Yeah. I, I think you covered most uh, uh, record. Did you? Oh, uh, 12 and four. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you covered pretty much all of it. I, I agree in terms of the, the running back position. You, you, you have a high draft pick, you get the first round pick, use it on running back to improve that offense. I love that. I agree. I actually wouldn't win Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. I, but I mean, they, they still get a fantastic player. And then it, the, the off season for me is summed up in, in two deals. You get Mahomes 10 years, $503 million, obviously not all guaranteed, but you know, he's going to get a, a, a Brinks truck. And then you get Chris Jones four years, I believe $85 million. You, you, you secure up your best player on offense. You secure up one of, if not your best players on defense and uh, I think they had a good offseason. The draft is fine. I, I love Andy Reid. I love Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think they should be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to go – God, I got to look at the rest of the AFC West here. I, I'm actually. I'm going to say 13-3. and three. I, I think there's a real chance they got better based on this offseason. And um, the AFC West isn't that great. So I'm going yeah. to say 13-3. I can't say you're wrong. The only reason I, I say uh, 12 and four is I just don't think they'll necessarily try to burn themselves out in uh, the regular season. Um, so maybe maybe I under undershot the the wins, but yeah, I mean, I, the, I mean, I just I just think you know it's hard to imagine, but I think Mahomes gets even better. I don't know how much better, but most quarterback. I mean, he's he's still a super young dude. There was a I don't know if you saw the story. He he didn't know how to read defense for like two years or something like that. Like he was just out there playing. Like that, stuff like that is crazy to me. I think he's going to take another step. I see thirteen wins. Uh, where, so where do you want to go from here, Denver? Yeah, and, and just one thing. Statistically, he obviously was super great, but he, I think he only had like twenty-seven touchdowns last year. Like it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. his fifty. Oh uh, yeah, we'll go Denver here. I, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one because I, sure. I got some hot sports stakes here for for Denver. Ooh, Ooh oh, I love oh, this man. Let's they, go. They are the dark horse. Of the AFC, whole, I love what they did in the offseason. I think Drew Locke is the answer at quarterback. Uh, you, so, you have your franchise guy. Uh, let's give him Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Albert O. Albert O is a physical freak. He does have some health concerns, but if he stays healthy, that is going to be one athletic tight end. KJ Hamler, you got your speed guy. Jerry Judy, you got your number one wide receiver. You already have, um, what's his name, Cortland Sutton. So, they are building for a shootout with KC. Like, when it comes to weapons, they are building for a shootout. Now, I think this year, it, it, at least this year and probably in the future, uh, but fair play to the Broncos, they could always get better. Uh, I think they're still going to lose that shootout, but they are building for a shootout. But because they're building to keep up offensively with Kansas City, 
when they face teams that aren't Kansas City, that don't have the weapons that the Chiefs have, they're gonna be they're place. gonna blow some teams out. Yep. <laughs> um, they're gonna blow them out. They're a sneaky good team. You still have Von Miller defensively. I don't know. They're kind of in a transition phase. I mean, what what are we gonna get from uh, Chubb in his third season? Uh, he had a lot. He had a lot of expectations coming in. I don't know if he's hit uh, all of them, but I I am in love with his team. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period because I am going to go with uh, a nine and seven record, um, which you know isn't isn't super groundbreaking considering they went seven and nine. Um, but watch out for this team. I am really excited about the the future for the Broncos, certainly offensively. All right, you've you've kind of changed my mind here on some things. Um, so just the notes that I have. I mean, Melvin Gordon and and, and you get Judy as well. I mean, that's that's two nice pieces you get on offense there. Then you go Jarrell Casey, you get AJ Bouye, who you know eh, he's not getting any younger, but he's he's been a pretty good player for for quite a while. Um, the draft was fine. I mean, I, I agree. I, I'm I'm pretty big on Drew Locke as well. Denver, if you take a look at the rest of the AFC West without kind of spoiling where we're going next, I I don't think it's unreasonable to say that they win maybe five games in the division. I, I think that's – it's probably four. But, I mean, you, you could say they win five games in the division. I'll, I'm actually going to chalk them down for 10 and six. I, I, I kind of like what Denver's done. The defense is still pretty good. The rest of the AFC, what outside of Kansas City, the te- the other teams aren't that great. I mean, I I'm I'm decent with Denver. I'll chalk them in at ten and six. I like that. All right, awesome. Glad we're uh, both on the on the same page here. Um, so now we are at the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, who were seven and nine last year. Uh, I have them going seven and nine this year. Um, they tried to copy. Well, actually, I guess they had a, a higher pick than the Broncos. Maybe, maybe it was the other way around. But um, they're also trying to stock up to uh, get into shootouts with Kansas City. When you look at what they did offensively, we draft Henry Ruggs uh, high in the first round. We take uh, Brian Edwards in the third round, Lynn Bowden in the third round. I mean, they are stocking up on weapons for Derek Carr. Now, Lynn Bowden, that was a terrible fucking draft pick because he was a third-round pick, and they fucking traded him for a sixth and a fourth or something to the – the Dolphins. Yep. Uh, John Gruden's really good at drafting or really bad. There's no in between. Um, yeah. He, I, I'd say it was a bad draft class this year because I forget the uh, cornerback they took from uh, Ohio State, but he was like a fucking fourth round pick they took in the in the first round. Um, I don't know, but but the thing is, you can stock your offense up with all the weapons you want. Um, the defense is below average, and Derek Carr is not a good quarterback. You, if you keep if you keep hoping that he's going to return to his 2016 form, which is not going to happen, is basically like 1980 when we talk about football. <laughs> like four year, four seasons ago is a fucking lifetime ago in the NFL. Yeah, football is, yeah. So, dude, keep keep dreaming. We've seen we've seen. Well, will he bounce back? Bounce back in 2017? Nope. How about 2018? Nope. How about 2019? Nope. nope. I can fucking promise you he's not going to bounce back in 2020. You can reason cold take me if you want, and if it, if it goes the other way, but I can fucking guarantee Derek Carr is not going to be good this year. I, I agree with you, and here's the thing. After Derek Carr was a pretty good quarterback for quite a while, the problem is after he snapped his leg, it has not been the same. You remember that, dude? After he broke his leg, he has been garbage ever since that happened. And like yeah, That was when they had to start Matt his- in the playoffs. 
And it's like, I don't know if, if it's in his head. I don't know if it's a physical thing where he's just not right, but something has changed or it, you'd have, you have to assume it started then. I mean, before then he was a pretty good quarterback above average. I mean, he was even leading that team places. Uh, and since then it's been, it's been a pretty much dumpster fire worst point differential in the entire division. And, and it's not close either. It's by more than 70 points. They're just not a good team. I'm I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go six and ten here just because I'm high on Denver and Kansas City. I'm out on Oakland, and and if they prove me wrong, then they do. We can both get slashed and whatever freezing cold takes. But I don't have any faith in Las Vegas. My bad. It's gonna take a while to get used to as well. But I mean six and ten, dude. They're just not a good team. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think Oakland's out on the Raiders as well, uh, to be honest. I, I agree. They should be. You don't abandon a city like that, dude. I, I hate everything about it. I hate everything about it. Yeah, I, I can't say I disagree. Um, moving on to uh, another. Talk about abandoning cities, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, moving on to another team that's going to be completely irrelevant in this division, the yep. Los Angeles Chargers, who went 5-10 and 10 last year. Um. I don't even really know what to what to say here. I guess I'll start with the quarterbacks. Uh, I read Taylor the answer. Like, he's definitely not the answer. Is Justin Herbert the answer? <laughs> definitely not in 2020. Probably not in the future. Would even wouldn't even shock me if Easton Stick started. The secondary is pretty darn good. Like you got Chris Harris Jr. Um, that was a nice name. Casey nice Hayward. Uh, and and the defense has some good pieces. I like the addition of Kenneth Murray. Um, Joey Bosa obviously is really Bosa's good. Still there. Yep. Um, the, the offensive line is actually low-key pretty good. You got Bulaga, um, you got Mike Pouncey at center, and Trey Turner. That was a great trade with the Panthers. I forgot what they gave up. I think it was that uh, – oh, Russell Okung. And uh, Trey Turner is like a five-time pro bowler, and he's only like 27. So the offensive yep. line is good. Uh, your, your weapons are good. Everything's really good except the quarterback position. To be honest, if this team had signed Tom Brady or, or Andy Dalton or Cam Newton – Ah, this could be a team that contends for a wild card spot. Like this team is actually kind of ready to win right now outside of the most important position, which is 75% of the game. Yeah. I'm, I'm out on LA. I'm out on the chargers after they abandoned San Diego. I was out on that. The only chargers that I've ever loved were the Ladanian Tomlinson chargers circa like what? 2007. Like dude, like I, I'm out on the chargers, man. I, Tyrod Taylor is not the answer. He's never been the answer. He never will be the answer. Phillip Rivers, I mean, they couldn't do much for that guy. Like, I know he's getting older, and I know he's kind of cooked, but, like, man, I just don't like anything about the Chargers. The defense is still good. Defense is still good. The offense is whatever. They were 5-11 and 11 last year. I'm going to go 6-10. and 10. Like, I, I just don't have a lot to say on the Chargers. I'm kind of out on them. I'll try to avoid watching Chargers games if I can this year. I just don't care about the Chargers at all. Yeah, just they're gonna they're gonna win games like you know six and ten. They're not gonna again. This is not. It's kind of a common. Theme. They're not. And, and and really, this is they're the not worst. Washington. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a common theme. We've said this for a lot of teams, but honestly, it's the the Chargers are in the worst spot in football, being six and ten. There's nothing worse than being completely agree. average or below average, slightly below average. Either you got to just be complete dog shit or contend. So to be six and ten, yep. that is the worst spot to be. So it's an NFL draft hell. I mean, it just doesn't get worse than that. 
It really is. You're just getting oh. like the 13th pick in the draft and like drafting like That's DJ like, Hayden. Yeah, we got a mm, we got a decent player. It's like you didn't. You're not good enough to to fight for the playoffs and 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 have a chance at a championship. You're not bad enough to get a franchise changing quarterback. Like it's just if you're gonna be bad, you got to be really bad. And and like. I get that's never going to be the mindset of like GMs, front offices, and and coaches. But at some point, you have to do what's best for the team. Oh, I'm not even kidding. I would tank, especially this year with Trevor Lawrence. I would tank oh, yeah. so I would tank so hard that the NFL in 2021 would be forced to actually implement rules against what oh, yeah. I did the current the, the past season. Uh, dude, Ben Ben fucking Beckman would be my starting quarterback. Like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I want Beckman's backup who came in and threw one pass and we called and it was a pick six and then Beckman came back. Oh in. fuck what Cole Heinrichson. I want I want that guy starting. I still I, I, I think he still has eligibility. Him. I don't think he's I don't oh, think he's eligible. God. Oh god. I want Lion Ruffing. That's my guy. Dude, there actually I want um Oh god, who was the backup for Green Bay a couple of years ago? In that in that opener against Chicago, who came in? Oh fuck. Was, um, he, he was a Brown, he was a Browns guy. Why can't I think not, of this? Not Kaiser? Name? Yeah, it was Kaiser. Kaiser came in and was just terrible. Like three turnovers in like four minutes, two of them for touchdowns. Like I want that dude starting if I'm trying to get Trevor Lawrence this year. We would we would have so many interceptions that if you looked at oh. the cumulative total of the entire franchise, it would alter the Ooh. fucking totals. We we're changing the record books. We would have this is what we'd do. We'd have Kaiser start the first half and we'd have Winston start the second half. It's just like four pick sixes a game and like maybe two touchdowns. Oh dude, you're talking about NFL quarterbacks. I'm I'm talking about like we get D three guys. You know what? Even <laughs> even we throw in that kid who threw nine touchdowns against River Falls. Lacrosse. Yes. Oh my god, dude. People don't understand. Okay, nobody listening is going to know what we're talking about, but this is just going to be a fun sidebar. That is like – that's literally one of the best games in WIAC history, like in a century of football games. Okay, so here's here's the thing. Oh, yeah, and that's definitely true. Um, that – I'm not trying to get too hyperbolic because I, under, I understand the level of football that, that is being played. It's a D3. But wow. when it comes to any football game ever played, that's one of the most impressive performances by a quarterback. Absolutely, because you, I mean, because, dude, because dude, you gotta you gotta consider, he's a D three quarterback, but he's also playing against D three players. So it's not like it was you know Joe Burrow coming in you know at this level. Like well, he wasn't playing a JV team from high school. No, he's playing another team in his league. Yep, exactly, dude. That was he was throwing seventy five yard bombs and dropping them in a in a in a basket for his receivers. Like that was insane. What was that? Uh, lacrosse. Yeah, that was lacrosse. They, it, the, I think the final score was sixty-three to forty-nine. I got. I have to. I have to find this game. I find the tape, find dude. This. Find the tape because we were laughing about it. Because I, I was like, I, I I made a comment. I was like, dude, Owen. Like, what if I told you? Well, you know, like, start with the ESPN. But um, like, what if I what if I told you we'd score forty nine points and lose by multiple touchdowns? Like, what, what, what? In what world? If you score, dude, that Falcons defense. Not to get too off track here, but it was so bad, so bad. I'm surprised Rocky Larson didn't shoot himself in the head after that game. <laughs> they they were regularly giving up 
50 points a game. A 50-burger. <laughs> he that got was hired a, as a head coach somewhere. It did. That, oh, my God. Dude, there was and that, so was, much that was still that. a game where Alex Herring had 17 catches, 266 yards, and two touchdowns. He, dude, he was close to setting, like, multiple WIAC records in, for receiving. Like, that – that's one of the craziest games. We get to call one of the best games in in Wyack history. Oh, dude, without a <laughs> doubt. That might be the – because the, the Falcons were offensively were still kind of in it. You know, Beckman still put up four touchdowns and nearly 500 yep. yards. A, a couple of touchdowns could – I mean, dude, if you're Beckman, what, how, how do you feel? Like, how do you feel putting up 49 points and losing? Dude, I, like, here's the stat line for Evan L- – I believe it's Evan. Evan Lewandowski. You want to hear a stat line? Let's hear it. 28 for 44, 591 passing yards, nine touchdowns, one interception. (laughs) Sorensen had eight catches, 297 yards, and three touchdowns. Cole Speaker had nine receptions, 209 yards, and three touchdowns. And my favorite yard receivers. My my favorite part about that is that our discussion, like, because we – you and I, we were always talking about something when we were in the booth. It wasn't just strictly calling, but our discussion right around the start of the third quarter shifted from what's happening in the game to like, where does this game rank historically? And is the quarterback going to come out and continue to light our defense on fire? And that was so exciting. Not knowing if he was going to come out for another drive with two minutes left in the third quarter. Cause he had six passing touchdowns. Oh, they definitely like, kept him in. Dude, they were all oh, they, breaking D3 they were up like tw- they were up like twenty points, and he comes out and is throwing sixty yard bombs, trying to take the top off the defense. <laughs> oh, oh my man. god, dude! Looking that at was... oh, that dude, never remember this was the craziest part. I don't know if you remember this because I'm looking at the uh, the scoring summary. Would you believe me? And you'll probably remember it, so you will believe me. But would you believe me if that was a scoreless game in the first quarter? Yes, dude. They didn't score a <laughs> single. Neither team scored a single one. Oh man, dude, we we talked about that. Oh my, there was dude, there was a hundred points scored in three quarters. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, holy shit! Um, that was insane. Five, Lew- I think that was a record. Lewandowski threw five passing touchdowns in the fucking second quarter alone. All right, we dude, we have to like, we have to like table this and like come up, come back and just do like a thirty minute podcast on this game. Dude, yeah, let's like, th- let's do it. Like that, we can pull up the stats and like get talking points, dude. We can pull clips from the old call. Like, God. Oh, I'm gonna cut that up. I have that game somewhere. You know, you know what's the most impressive part about that entire game is that River Falls, the official UWRFSports.com, says the attendance for that game was uh, 2,700. What? No, dude. There's no No way. You couldn't fit that many people in the fucking stands, dude. There was probably like. It was probably a typo. It was probably 270. <laughs> Dude, there's there's no way that there was that many people there. Dude, we would we would 100% notice if there was nearly 3,000 people at a football game. There might have been 1,000 people at the game. Maybe. Yeah. But Dude, that was... You know, eh, I don't know about that. I don't trust anything coming out of that athletic department. Ha, <laughs> ha, yeah, I agree. Yeah, dude, we, we'll have yeah. to we'll have to reminisce about. I'm totally down for doing a we podcast do, on the should, most historic game do, of all time. Like a, we should do like a thirty or forty five minute special on that game and just reminisce. Yeah, I will. We'll definitely do that. I'll cut. I'll cut some stuff up. 
Um, no, right, cool. Where the fuck were we? Ah, where I forgot. Oh, we were we were we were doing. We just finished AFC West. Yep. So we're here in the AFC North. Um, so the division winner last year was the Baltimore Ravens. They were fourteen and two. Um, I'll let you go first on this one. What, what do you make of the the Ravens' twenty twenty season here? Uh, I I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I'm I'm gonna go like ultra hot take here. Maybe not ultra hot take. So they add Coyas Campbell, they add Derek Wolf, two guys who can rush the passer. They're still good players. They improve that defense a little bit, which was already a pretty good defense last year. Okay, they draft Patrick Queen the linebacker who's got insane speed. He's an athletic freak. Improve the defense a little bit more. They get Dobbins. They draft him to add to that already explosive offense. Earl Thomas, yeah, it sucks. But, like, that dude is clearly – there's something not right there. I don't want to say he's got problems or whatever, but clearly there's something not right and he wasn't fitting the roster because you don't just dump a guy who's likely going to be in the Hall of Fame for no reason. So that hurts. But you take, like I said, just recap Queen, Campbell, Wolf, Dobbins. You had all of those guys. Your defense gets better. Your offense gets a little bit better. Lamar Jackson's going to have another year under his belt. I'm, I'm going hot take special. Shock the Ravens up for 15 and 1. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? I honestly don't even it, think I don't, it's I don't a better, think it's a better team. football team. Yeah, I would say sixteen and zero, but I don't want to go crazy because usually they, if you're if you're fifteen and zero, you'll probably sit your starters for the last game anyways. But like, dude, it this 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 team kind of reminds me of the year the Panthers went fifteen and one, when they just they had a dynamic quarterback and they had weapons all around and the defense was pretty good and they were just lighting teams on fire and scoring fifty at will like. I think I think this Ravens team is a pretty good comp for that for that Panthers team from four or five years ago. Yeah, yeah, honestly, honestly, it is. Um, I have them going thirteen and three, um, just because weird stuff happens. It's a weird season, and uh, it would it wouldn't shock me if they went fifteen and one. And obviously, we're we're kind of splitting hairs here because we're both talking about you know both of these records will get you a first round buy. Um, but I don't know. I just I, I don't think they'll burn themselves out in the regular season. I think you know you. I think they kind of know that it, for as talented as they are, they do kind of have problems in the postseason that are going to need to be. They're, they're going to have to attack the postseason in in a different manner. How, however, however that will be. Um, listen, I, I think they have the the record for most about amount of Pro Bowlers on a team with like fucking like twelve or something. So I mean they they didn't lose anybody. I do I do love that they got Patrick Queen. Um, I think they got better. I, I really do. They, they, they did. Yeah, I, I think they definitely – and Derek Wolf too. Holy shit, that was a great signing. That's a, that's a nice signing, dude. Those are two guys who can get after the quarterback. I mean and, – and and that's a bright side. When you're, when you're a Ravens team that can score this many points, I mean, dude, they scored 531 points last year in their games and only gave up 282. And you can make the argument the defense got better. And because of that, because teams are likely going to be behind by so many points, they're going to be in more passing situations. They're going to have to pass more. Those two guys, Wolf and Campbell, they can get after the quarterback even more because of those situations that they'll be in. Like I, dude, it's just it's a perfect storm for Baltimore to be fourteen and two, fifteen and one at the end of this year. Yeah, um, and I, I think. 
I think they'll be much better. I think on a game-by-game basis, you'll see that they're better. I just think they, they'll lose one more game. But I, I, I don't think – I think they'll be better when it matters in the playoffs. Um, moving on here, uh, I guess the Steelers are the next team we'll talk about here. They were 8-8 eight and eight, um, last year. Um, I have them going – and this is a very – it's very contingent on the health of Big Ben because otherwise you're talking about Josh Dobbs and uh, Mason Rudolph – which is scary. Um, but I have them going 10 and six. I think that they'll be good if they can keep big Ben healthy. Not that he's, you know, he's still a, a shadow of, of his former self, but um, yeah. I don't know the, the run game. It's, it's kind of average. I think people overestimated what James Conner would bring to the team, but I do like uh, the addition of um, uh, Anthony McFarland jr. Out of uh, Maryland. Um, y- you have a lot of unproven weapons, but somebody's bound to break out here. Like, uh, obviously, Juju is, is the number one guy, but uh, Chase Claypool, that's a really interesting just overall weapon. He's kind of a tweener between a, uh, a wide receiver and a tight end. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to like here. I mean, it's, it, they're still going to have a solid defense. They're still going to have good coaching. It's just really – they're either 6-10 and 10 or they're 10-6, and six, and that you know anywhere in between depends on the health of, of their quarterback. Yeah, I've got, I've got him at like – oh, man – I've got him at nine and seven right now, and and it's probably more like eight and eight. But I'll I'll stick with nine and seven just because of what I think Cleveland is and what I think Cincinnati is. But man, I Roethlisberger is not getting any younger. I know the the argument that everyone likes to make when they come to defend Big Ben is, well, in the last full season he played, he led the league in passing yards, and it's like, dude. Leading the league in passing yards is not what it once was. Like, that that does not necessarily equal winning games anymore. Like, obviously, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. But he, he throws a lot of interceptions. He gets injured a lot. And I just don't trust his judgment as much anymore. Like, I, Big Ben is, in my opinion, a shell of what he once was. Playing against Baltimore twice a year, that's going to hurt. I just think – because they get to play Cleveland twice, they get to play Cincinnati twice. I think they'll find a way to win nine games, but I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers. I, I think that's fair, and like I've always said, the I like Mike Tomlin though. Yeah, well, yeah, he's kind of held them together through some rough times here the last couple yep. of years. Um, yep. Also, let's not forget they were fucking gifted a playoff win versus Cincinnati a couple of years ago because Von was so is a fucking idiot. That was so bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, that was really egregious. I honestly think that's where eighty percent of his his CTE comes from. Um, yeah, and, and I'm not even kidding. But um, I'm not. No, I agree. Yeah, but the 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 best ability I always say is availability. So, oh, yep. the the last full season. Yeah, okay, but if, if it's a, a fucking 10% chance he has a full season, well, we got to start thinking about our backup plan. And I know that they brought back Dobbs, and, of course, they drafted him, and they like him. That's why they brought him back. But holy shit, like, you couldn't have got a better backup. Like I was going to say, dude, they, they should have went out and got someone. You can find a decent backup. It ain't that hard. What the hell was Andy Dalton doing? Andy Dalton might even just straight up be a better quarterback than Big Ben at this stage in his career. When I, I think when you factor in health, he probably is. And I bet you he'd love to play against the Bengals twice a year. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So it's it's I don't know. It's not even really that nitpick. Nit, uh, Jesus Christ! Not even really that nitpicky because it's a real thing. Like when was the last time he was healthy? Um. Any closing thoughts there on the on the Steelers? No, I, I'm I'm good on the Steelers. I got them at nine to seven, and 
and I, and I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Okay. Um, moving on here to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they were six and ten last year. I, I think they'll improve. I think they'll go eight and eight. I think uh, in large part that's due to Kevin Stefanski um, because. Listen, they probably could have gone eight and eight last year, but they had the worst head coach probably in NFL recent NFL history. Freddie Kitchens never should have got that job. He went from so quarterback bad. coach to offensive coordinator to head coach in like seven months. Um, they should have. Now he was only there for a hot minute, but that hot minute might have destroyed the team. This has been the most talented team, or at least a top five talented team for like the last three years. But talent itself doesn't mean a whole lot. You have to have other stuff to go with it. Um, they should have admitted their mistake and, and fired Kitchens way sooner. So I think just the fact that they don't have a completely inept coach that nobody in the locker room respects, I, I think they will get better. It's kind of a tough division to do anything, which is why eight and eight's not going to make the playoffs. But, you know, I don't know. And the thing is for me too, what Baker Mayfield are we getting first year or second year? Like this is a, a make or break year for Baker Mayfield, not to get too hyperbolic, but I mean, Jesus, we've seen, we've seen a good Baker and we've seen a real bad one. I mean, what are we going to get this year? This year, I agree with you. This year might actually be the referendum on Baker Mayfield. Like it really might be like if he plays bad this year, there might be an uprising. Like it's time to find someone else. It's time to move on. Like, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. I, I just, I'm, I haven't been impressed with anything the Browns have done in quite a while. I mean, there's just so – they're a team that has way more hype than they have in terms of production. They just haven't done anything. Like, there was talks of – obviously not everyone was serious, but there was talks of deep playoff runs last year, and they finished 6-10. and 10. Like, it's just – obviously, Freddie Kitchens had a lot a lot to do with that. And, you, th- dude, do you well, – I don't remember what game it was last year. He literally threw the game away. They were on, like, the one-yard line. And they didn't run the ball once. It was just like three incomplete passes and a turnover. I, there's just such questionable play calling, and I think Stefanski will address that. How I feel about Stefanski, I'm not completely sure because a lot of it was just running the system that was already in place in Minnesota. So I, I, I'm kind of in between on Stefanski. I think he's a good guy. I think he has the ability to work a locker room and kind of – create that atmosphere but i don't know if that necessarily equals three or four more wins i'm gonna chalk them up for eight and eight and call it good yeah yeah and uh i don't have much I, more, I, I don't have much more to say on this other than it makes sense that obj was traded to the browns if you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> i love it dude i I saw – okay, real quick, we won't go too far into it. I saw that circulating on Twitter yesterday, and I was like, what the hell is everyone talking about? And then this morning I saw it was trending again. I'm like, I need to do some research. And I found out what it was about, and that's interesting. But um, last thing on the Browns, I think this is the year for Baker Mayfield where we find out what he is. If this is another bad year – I think it's time to start looking in a different direction. And you can tell me, I don't know if that's too soon, but dude, at some point you just got to make a decision on your quarterback here and then move on from there. I think, I think even if it's a, uh, a not super, I'm not gonna say a bad year, but even if it's a not super great year, I think they stick with them just because look at the history of the Browns. I mean, even a bad Baker Mayfield's better than like, yeah, you know, Charlie batch and stuff like this. Um, 
I don't know. I, I like the addition of Stefanski. I don't like that they got rid of uh, gum chewing guy. I forget his fucking name, but that GM who like, uh, you know, got got them Baker and got them Denzel Ward. Um, I don't like that they got rid of that guy, but I don't know, man. And here's here's the thing too. Like I'm completely. 50-50 on whether or not Baker will have a good year or a bad year. I don't even lean one way or the other. I think it's just as likely that he actually yeah, turns into a, a borderline Pro Bowl quarterback this year or, uh, you know, he's he's just kind of blasé. I mean, all the pieces are in place. All the pieces are in place. It's just about doing stuff with them. You got to execute, yep. Yes. Uh, moving on here, the right. uh, basement dwellers here in the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals, they went 2-14 and 14 last year. Uh, I'll let you go first on this one with the Cincinnati I, I, Bengals. I'll, I'll make it pretty short and sweet here because I don't have a lot to say. I, obviously, they draft Joe Burrow, okay? That's a good draft pick. I mean, the, the, the dude last year had maybe the best year in terms of quarterback play for a single year in the history of college football. Like, I, I don't think that's too much of an exaggeration, but the team around him is not good. 2-14 and 14 last year, pr- pretty much no upside. I, I, I think they win like three or four games. Like I just, I don't know. He's worth a couple wins, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him four wins. I'm gonna say four and twelve. But I think they're gonna be drafting high again. I think they're gonna be looking. You know, maybe you get a premier pass rusher. Maybe you draft a, you know, a left tackle, or you get a, a really nice blue chip wide receiver or something like that. But the Bengals have just been a dumpster fire for for too long, and I don't think rookie Joe Burrow is going to be good enough to improve them immediately. Um, and, and that's that's kind of what it seems like the consensus has been coming out of um, Cincinnati reporters is that Burrow hasn't looked great, and I know it's training camp and whatever, but usually you can tell early on, like, is a guy ready right now or maybe does he need some more time to develop? Um, and, and I think once he sees game action, he'll be a little bit better. But right now I've got him shocked in at like four wins. Yeah, I think you're you're uh, on point here. I have them uh, going five and eleven. I do think Burrow's good enough that he will give them uh, three more wins. I don't know. I it really wouldn't shock me if Burrow came in and actually performed really well. I just don't think there's enough pieces there that you uh, and that's you know, a big part of it. Do anything significant yeah. now? You get Jonah Williams back, who was the 11th pick a couple of years ago. Um, he'll finally play a game for the Bengals. I like drafting T. Higgins. I'm going to put this out in the universe because I think it's entirely possible. Maybe not, at, maybe not at 5 and 11, but maybe if they go 4 and 12, like you said. Listen, there's three franchise quarterbacks in this draft class, which means, uh, you know, other generational talents at less important positions are going to yeah. fall. It's entirely possible if the Bengals have a top five pick. I'm putting this out in the universe. What if they get Jamar Chase? And now that's a really interesting proposition because, you know, you get your franchise quarterback who people are really high on, and then you get this guy who people are like, yeah, we've never seen this guy do stuff at the college level yeah. like like Jamar Chase. And obviously they played on each other. Like, you know, Burrow made Chase better, Chase made Burrow better. But holy shit, like two you teammates, that would be awesome. But that can translate as well. You know, they've already got some chemistry. Dude, I think that's a good proposition. And that's the thing, like – Dude, like, let's say they're dra- let's say they're drafting, you know, let's say it just all goes to hell or something, and they just they're not good, and and maybe they win three or f- three games or something like that. That's not even that bad of a situation, like uh, outside of how Joe Burrow plays, which is whatever. But let's say he plays fine, but the team around him just isn't that good. The defense sucks and all that. If they win three games and they find themselves like drafting one or two, 
they could trade down to like four and get like a couple more picks for the later in the draft, which would help them supplement the team further. Maybe you get an offensive lineman. Maybe you draft a linebacker you like or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like just because if they have a bad season, I don't think it's reason at all to hit the panic button. It might actually be um, a good thing for that Cincinnati Bengals team so they can acquire more draft capital and, and improve that team in the coming years. 100% correct. They're moving in the right direction in large part uh, due to the fact they drafted Burrow, but they are still very far away from, from yep. doing anything, even being 500. They're still a few years away. Yeah. Um, moving on here to the AFC South. Uh, we'll start here with the Houston Texans who won the division last year at 10 and six. Uh, what do you, what do you make of the Texans here? Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't, I don't like trading DeAndre Hopkins and like, I don't like taking on the David Johnson contract. I don't like taking on David Johnson, period. Yeah, they bring in Cobb and Cooks, but the problem is, okay, yeah, you get some you get some picks in return for um, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, that's great. I still don't think they got enough, but that's besides the point. They use those picks to trade for, for Brandon Cooks. They traded a first-round pick to get Brandon Cooks. Us, you, you essentially traded – DeAndre Hopkins for Brandon Cooks and taking on David Johnson's contract. Which is a punishment. It, it's an absolute punishment. David Johnson isn't even that good anymore. We've seen him pretty much fall off a cliff, dude. There's so much wrong with it. They bring in Randall Cobb. I think that's just trying to appease some of the fans. Like, what's happening to our receiving core? We traded it away. So, you know, like, obviously they've still got some guys out there. They have four and all that. But, but like, come on such a catastrophic error in my opinion and then and then trying to essentially walk it back by making that trade for brandon cooks dude he he should um why can't i think of his name right now the guy oh, running Ryan? the show well yeah d- dude should not be running the show is he a decent coach probably he's put together a decent team but he is not a personnel guy that has become painfully obvious he should not have that that power anymore. If you want, if if they want to keep him on as coach, great. But that dude should not be making personnel decisions. I didn't like the offseason at all, and uh, I think they get worse. I, I I don't know, dude. It's just I feel like they're going in the wrong direction, and that's something that should absolutely not be happening. Considering they have Deshaun Watson, who's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, it's you know. I mean, if you're listening to if you're listening to Philly sports radio, you'll probably hear stuff like this all the time. But this is really the only case in the NFL where it's actually true. Literally grabbing the average fan and making them your GM would have turned out better for the Houston Texans than having Bill O'Brien be the GM because at least they wouldn't. At least they wouldn't. Like, dude, I don't even think you could do these trades in Madden. Like, I don't even think you could do no, these moves in not, a video game. No. If 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 Arizona proposed what they got from Houston in a trade on Madden, it'd say, sorry, your offer sucks. And, and we're kind of, we're kind of uh, mad that you even proposed a trade like that. Like that's legit. What would happen, dude? They got, that's such a bad move. And like, if you're Deshaun Watson, I, if it's me, I'm like, dude, get me out of here. Like, get me out of here. I don't want to play here anymore. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I would say I'm just, I'll never play another game for you. I want to leave. And the, yeah. but here's the thing. I always say quarterbacking is 75% of the game. This is why having a great young quarterback matters because despite all this, I still have them going nine and seven. I I still have them spoiler alert uh, winning the division, but here's the thing. 
Like, you can make all these bad moves, and they're still going to win games because you have a good quarterback. Like, every move they've made has been terrible over the last few years. You have David Johnson on your team. That's garbage. Your two starting running backs are David Johnson and Duke Johnson, the two worst Johnsons in the league. Uh, your, your wide receiver core is not very good. Uh, Will Fuller can't stay healthy to save his life. So, oh, he's a good player. Yeah, the four games a year he plays. Uh, they love wasting picks on tight ends. I have no idea what they're doing there. The Laramie Tunsil trade is a D-minus trade because you traded for a guy who needed a new contract. So either he leaves and you've wasted two picks or you pay Tunsil $40 million a year because you can't really tell him no because you've just mortgaged the future to get him. And I don't know, you, you drafted Ross Blacklock. Okay, who the fuck is that guy? Your offensive line is still really bad. You wasted a pick on Titus Howard. But despite all this, they're still going to win the division because the division's bad and you have, a, you have the best quarterback. That's, it's remarkable. But they are going in the wrong direction and they will be bad very soon. They will, Reagan, they will have to pay the piper, just not this year. Yeah, I, and it's such a shame, dude. Can you imagine if, what if they had like a really good GM? Uh, correction, not even a really, let's say they had an average GM. Instead dude, let's, of 10 and let's, 6. Let's, let's say they have, they might, say, be, they might win 13 games, dude. How about this, Reagan? And now they're screwed. Let's, 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 let's say they have the 31st best GM in the league. They're not, they're not getting worse if they have the 31st best GM in the league, dude. Like the, they ha, they ha, dude, they're, they were a couple players away last year. I'm like, I know people might be, well, they were only 10 and 6. And well, no, Deshaun Watson's going to take another step. They had weapons. DeAndre Hopkins, you can argue, was the best in the league right now. Like, they weren't far away. That defense is not that far away. I know it's not a super great defense, but man, ten and six, a few pieces. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe then you're twelve and four, and maybe you're looking at a first round buy potentially. Just, dude, I, I don't so, know. So, man. what's your what's your record prediction for the Texans? I'm sorry if I missed that. No, I, I, I think it's nine and seven. I think it's nine and seven. Like I, I don't see them getting better. the The amount of attention that was paid to DeAndre Hopkins cannot be understated. That was a dude that was legitimately at times last year triple teamed. Like it, it, nothing is going to open up. It's going to be even harder for for Deshaun Watson to complete passes now. That offensive line, like you said, at some point people are going to have to get paid, or you're going to have to let them walk. In which case, you lost draft capital anyways. I mean. I, I just – they're between a rock and a hard place right now with the position that O'Brien's put them in, and, and I think that sucks because they don't deserve that. I'd like to see the Texans be good, but I'm going to go 9-7, and seven, and they just take one step back because of the fucking errors that happened this offseason. Yeah. Okay, sorry. So they did they did re-sign Tunsil. They gave him $22 million a year. Honestly, oh, great. last thing to wrap up, wrap up here on the Texans, if I – was a Titans fan, and I hated the Texans, and, and I became the GM of Houston. I would make these moves to hurt the city of Houston. That's how bad these moves are. <laughs> All right, it's not wrong. It's no, not it's, wrong. It's just it's a fact. Uh, moving on here to the aforementioned uh, aforementioned Tennessee Titans. They went nine and seven last year. Um, any any blazing hot, fiery hot sports takes here on the Tennessee Titans? I, I actually I don't have any hot takes on them. Obviously, Henry's locked up now. Tannehill's locked up now. They've got long they've got long term deals. The de- the defense is young, 
but I think they have the potential to get better. I think they're a decent team. I I think – I mean, dude, you take a look at the, the other teams in the division. It It's not a super great division right now, especially with the, the errors that Bill O'Brien has made. But I'm, I'm going to say they end up just being an average team. I think they take a step back a little bit. Tannehill is bound to regress at least a little bit. He played really well last year. People have more tape on Derrick Henry now. They're going to commit to stopping the run. They're going to make Tannehill beat him. And if he does, then more credit to him. But if they don't, I see Tennessee being like an 8-8 eight and eight team and just not that exciting. Yeah, so the, the biggest question for me is Ryan Tannehill was elite for eight games last year. Can he replicate that for a full season? History would say no, but there's a reason why we play the games. So uh-huh. my, my record is very flexible. They could easily – they. The, t- the Titans very easily could run away with this division and not even think twice about it. This, not even trying to get super crazy. If, no, Tannehill, if Tannehill plays like that, they could be a 12 and 4 team just because they're in a terrible division. I, for the record, I have them going down at 9 and 7 just because I think Tannehill is probably going to regress. Hopefully he can stay healthy. I mean, that's kind of first and foremost because you don't have Mariota anymore. So you're, you're going to be reliant yeah. on Logan Woodside. Um, you know, so. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But honestly, this is kind of crazy because the Titans are low-key stacked. Like every year where I try to do mock drafts, it's really hard to figure out what the Titans need. I'm not saying they have the best at every single position up and down the roster, but like there's not really a position group where you go, oh man, they're going to be real bad this year. You go, well, they at least have some pieces like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know. The defense was good. I don't like trading away Jarrell Casey for a fucking bag of chips. Um, And the offensive line is going to regress because – um, I forget, you lost one starter and then you lost uh, Jack Conklin. So you don't have your bookend uh, tackles anymore. Um, I don't know, man. Somebody in the receiving game other than A.J. Brown is going to have to step up because if Derrick Henry has to do what he did last year, they are not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, and I, I kind of agree with the first point that you made. Like, this is a team that, you know, they were plus 71 point differential last year. And they, surprisingly, it was the only team in the division that had a plus point differential. Everyone else was negative, including Hills, including Houston. But the thing is, like, I just don't – I don't see Ryan Tannehill being what he was last year. I definitely don't think he can do it for 16 games. And I don't know, man. I, I just feel like team, teams are going to be more prepared to face Tennessee now because last year Tennessee was the – they were the feel-good story, and, and nobody saw it coming. And, and now teams are going to prepare for them like they're a legitimate team. And they know what's coming. And, and like I said, if Tannehill beats them, then Tannehill beats them and more power to them. But, man, I, I see them taking a slight step back just because teams – I think they'll figure them out a little bit more. They'll be, they'll be more prepared to play them on defense. And I think they end up 8-8 eight and because eight Tannehill steps back a little bit. The Ryan Tannehill-led Tennessee Titans ended the Tom Brady Patriots. Um, moving yeah. on here to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say on the Colts, to be honest. They were 7-9 and nine last year. They will be 7-9 and nine this year. Uh, I'm not sold on them winning anything with Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I love their run game. Though. You're going you're to have Marlon Mack uh, and Jonathan Taylor behind, you know, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Braden Smith, Anthony Costanzo. Uh, their run game is probably going to be top five. It's going to be really good, especially if uh, Taylor comes in as a rookie and, and performs really well. Uh, but nothing nothing outside of that really stands out to me. Their defense is just kind of nondescript. Hopefully we can see a full season out of Malik Hooker. Uh, you uh, signed Xavier Rhodes to be 
uh, one of your starting corners, and albeit he was a Pro Bowler last year, but I think everybody agrees. Everybody agrees <laughs> that's the worst Pro Bowl selection in NFL history. That's not close. You know what's the worst part about that is he probably had a Pro Bowl bonus in his contract that the Vikings had to give out, and they're like, "What the fuck do we have to do?" Like <laughs> oh, he was the, like, the oh we owe, we owe Xavier five hundred thousand more dollars. <laughs> yeah, like holy shit, holy shit. Yeah, that's, imagine imagine man. being one of the Wolves writing that check. <laughs> oh man. Oh my god. There's got to be a clause in the contract that just says, "Yeah, fuck no." If you are statistically a, a top ten worst cornerback in the league, I don't give a fuck what the league says about you being a Pro Bowler. My is, my favorite. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because he was oh, like one of the best cornerbacks in the league for like a three year stretch. Yeah. But here's the thing with Xavier Rhodes, dude. That's why it was so fun watching Vikings games last year. He'd get beat off the line by no joke, eight or nine yards. There'd be Harrison Smith would be down in the box doing his thing, you know, helping run support and all that jazz. Rhodes gets roasted by eight, nine yards over the top. He sees his guys beat him, so he just starts limping. He walks to the side, comes back out the next play. Like the fake injury from Xavier Rhodes is one of my favorite things in the NFL. Like, it's so funny, dude. It's, it's the Xavier Rhodes beat, special. It, dude, it literally is. Rhodes wide open. Like, he, he literally, anytime he's beat, he'll just start limping, sit out of play, and then come out back the next play after that and be just fine. Like, that, I love that. I also like how they acted like he was on a snap count because he's so valuable and we're saving him. No, no, no. You were on a snap count because you fucking suck, and we, don't, we want yep. limited, limited snaps with you on the field because you're bad. You didn't want to completely bench him. Exactly. You know you know what's a little unfortunate with Xavier Rhodes is I look at a guy like Xavier Rhodes, obviously an aging corner, um, but who was elite at one point. If the Vikings didn't have two Pro Bowl level safeties, I would have loved to have at least tried out the experiment. I'm not saying it would have worked out, but I would lo- I would have loved to have seen him play safety and just see I like that. is you know you're not going to get burned because you're playing you know 15 yards off the line. How would this stopped. fare? Yep. Oh, that makes sense. Um. In terms of the Colts, um, I think Phillip Rivers is going to be a nice addition. I think it's better than Jacoby Brissett. Oh, shit, that's right. Good. I totally forgot about that. Yep, Rivers Rivers signed there. and I, Is he going to be the Phillip Rivers of old? I, I think absolutely not. But I think he cares a little bit more now. I think he's got a better team around him. He's got a run game. Eh, receivers, he's got some decent receivers. The offensive line is pretty good. The defense is average-ish. Like, I don't mind the defense. I think I think the Colts team has a chance to really surprise some people. Considering the division, I think Tennessee takes a step back. I think Houston steps back a little bit. I I wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts win the division. I I, I genuinely wouldn't. Their point differential in terms of uh, the Texans who won the division last year was uh, five points. They were five points worse than the Texans. So it's really not that bad. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk the Colts in at nine and seven. Okay, and, all right. Uh, I, th- I think they'll be a decent team. I think Rivers will play better than he did last year, and um, I'd love to see Philip Rivers play well. I really would. Get him into the playoffs, let him do some damage, and then run into the buzzsaw Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, I just I think but it's still, a, I, I think it's a pipe dream. It'd be a good story. Yeah. 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 Be good. Um. So that's that's where I'm at with the Colts. Do we want to talk about the Jags? <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah, we got to get to them at least. We, at least we talk can about fly them. Through them we yeah, can yeah. fly through them here. So the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, they're tearing it all down, and that's like the only positive that I've seen. 
They're trading away everyone. They're rebuilding, and I think they're tanking for Trevor Lawrence. I actually genuinely believe that. They're getting rid of everyone. The team's getting worse. They were 6-10 and 10 last year. Dude, I this could be like a three-win team. It really could be like a three-win team, and that would probably be the best-case scenario for them. So I'm going to say 3-13 and 13 for the Jags. Tank special on purpose. Yes, I have it down as Tank City USA. I have them going 2-14. and 14. At least they're tanking the right way. They're tanking to get a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the, the unfortunate part here is if you look at the Jaguars of 2017 and you look at Gardner Minshew, you go, man, if I could just have Gardner Minshew in 2017, we actually might – I'm, I'm going to say it. We might have won the Super Bowl just because Blake Bortles was garbage. Oh. And, like, I'm not saying Gardner Minshew is a franchise quarterback, but uh, he's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Solid game manager, and I mean that in, in a good way, not in a disrespectful way. I actually think game manager in certain situations is good. But here's the thing. You're, Jimmy you're, G's a game manager. Yeah, Jimmy G's a fucking bum. But um, <laughs> they're in a total rebuild. And the thing that's most telling to me, trading away Ramsey and Gakwe and giving up on Fournette, you're not just giving up on, like, Calais Campbell, who's, like, 31. You're giving up on young stars that you invested – or young stars, not in Fournette. But you're, you're giving up in young players that you drafted. How many rebuilds is Dave Caldwell going to get? This is his third fucking rebuild. He's been there since 2013. You don't get to rebuild a team twice, let alone three times. Like He's got Dave, the Matt Walker contract. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's got the Matt Walker contract. <laughs> So it's weird. It's weird seeing David Caldwell. He must know something we don't know because it's weird seeing him rebuild. You have to assume he's going to be here next year if he's rebuilding this badly. But how can he yep. be here next year if they go two and fourteen and this is his third rebuild? I honestly think Caldwell gets fired. I think Marone gets fired. But I like what they're doing because they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. And if they don't, they're at least going to get you know a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, a legitimate, legitimate blue chip franchise quarterback, one way or the other. Yeah, I, th- I think they're moving in the right direction. And people forget. People forget way too easily. This was a Jags team that had the Patriots on the ropes in 2017. Like, there was a there was a real, like, 10-minute stretch there in terms of game time where it was like, oh, my God, the Jags are going to beat the Patriots and they're going to go to the Super Bowl. And if Blake Bortles wasn't hot garbage, they would have done it. That would have been like, so that, awesome. That t- I was cheering for them so hard, dude. I wanted them to win. Um, but, like – Man, it's just unfortunate that they they made so many bad decisions after that happened, and it's led to where they are now. Like you said, they're going to get another rebuild. They're going to have to start over. And if they get Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be great. It's going to be worth it. If they get Justin Fields, it's going to be great. It's going to be worth it. But man, you have to you have to kind of feel bad for that Jacksonville fan base after what happened in 2017 and, and blowing really blowing a chance to go to the Super Bowl. They they just didn't care at all, from what I've heard. Like, I listened on uh, Score North when the Vikings traded for Ngakwe. They were interviewing this uh, Jacksonville reporter. And yeah. from, from what it seems like, they just didn't give a fuck about culture, and the culture just destroyed their team. Like, they had an abundance of talent, and then just they, they kind of wasted yeah. it all. Like, to, to, like, if you were to say – not even suffocating defense. Yeah. If you were to say – now, outside of the quarterback position, because I think, you know, most people realize Bortles wasn't the answer, even when they were going on that run. Um, but, like, if you were to say – not, not even during the Patriots game, but just, like, in the middle of that playoff run, like, yeah, hey, like, less than three years from now, the, all of this is going to be gone. Literally all of this is going to be gone. All the young players that you had, like, the only person you're going to get to keep is Miles Jack. Yeah. Ridiculous. Like, that's, Ridiculous. That's absolutely insane. 
shouldn't happen, dude. They they should still be a good football team. They should have been good last year. They should have been good. You know, like, man, dude, like, it just shows how much culture and front office matters. And, like, when those two things aren't great, it really, really hurts. Yeah. All right, moving on here to the final division. It's the AFC East. Uh, we'll start here with the New England Patriots because they won it last year at 12-4. and four. Um, I have them going 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I really like that uh, I'm, I'm seeing positive things from Cam Newton, uh, you know, in, uh, in training camp. I don't know. Health is still a concern. I know he took some time off. I, I, I think we all hope Cam's going to be healthy, but I don't know, man. And the thing is, I, I'd be pretty high on the Patriots if they didn't have a shit ton of opt-outs. Like, I think they were, that's, that's I think they were expecting that they were going to tank and had, had all these opt-outs and then realized, oh, yeah, we're, we're not going to be able to tank with Cam. We might be able to tank with Jared Stidham. But with Cam, yep. like, okay, say even they go six and ten, and it's a, a, a not a disaster of a, a season because I think expectations are down. But man, you're getting nothing with six and ten, and you probably don't have the trade capital. Nor are teams going to probably be willing to trade uh, with the Patriots to have them get trade. a quarterback because yep. they'll need it themselves. Yep. Yeah, the ways, dude. I, you think like, well, so. It's kind of coming waves for me. It's like you look at them last year. Yep, they were twelve and four. Obviously, had Tom Brady, whatever. Tom Brady leaves, so you think, wow, they're going to take a huge step back. What is this team going to be? Is this going to be a five-win team? And then you look at it, and you're like, well, they add Cam Newton, and and you know, but then after that, you look, they lost Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins for for and free agency and trades. Chung opts out. I mean, like they have so many opt outs that even if even if Cam Newton is going to be good it's going to make it hard for them to play well. But then you take a look at the division and you're like, wow, the division sucks outside of Buffalo, which we can get into in a minute here, but outside of Buffalo, the division still sucks. I really, I genuinely don't know what to expect. And that kind of makes it the fun part. I'm going to go seven and nine for the Patriots just because they have so many opt-outs and they lost so many players. I think cam realistically could be on an upgrade compared to what they saw from Tom, Tom Brady last year. Obviously, that's not taking into account the Super Bowl titles and, and all those seasons in the past. But strictly speaking, last year, Cam could be an upgrade on Tom Brady. Um, and I think it's just a weird season for the Patriots. It's kind of a tough spot to be in. You'd rather be – obviously, you'd rather be 12-4 and four again. But you'd also almost rather be like 4-12. and 12. You know, like 7-9 and is a tough spot to be in, but I think like that's where they're going to fall when, when all is said and done. Yeah, it'd be a, a really Patriots way of doing things. If it, it would be like the Colts, the year they went two and fourteen with Curtis Painter, and they went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Like, yeah. of course, of course, you hold on to the Vikings. dynasty. You hold on to the dynasty long enough that you crash so hard that you immediately rebound with a franchise quarterback. People, people forget the Vikings could have had Andrew Luck. They won the last game of the season to move up in the to technically move down in the draft. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Because they beat the Redskins. Yeah they, yeah, they won a meaningless game against the Redskins and miss out on Andrew Luck. <laughs> yeah, well, they would have drafted RG3 or something stupid, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. So bad. Yeah. The Vikings franchise history is full of what-ifs. There's, there's hey, no doubt about I, that. But I, I said the same thing last year. Uh, not last year, two years ago. Um, I was like, why is Green Bay winning a game against the, Chet, the Jets? a garbage time game against the Jets where if they lose, they move up further in the draft. Why are we winning those games? Like that is the most frustrating thing to me. 
Damn. Yeah, if if I can't make the playoffs, I want my team to lose every single fucking game. No yep, exceptions. Me too. I'm like, why, I'm like, why is Aaron Rodgers in the football game in the fourth quarter? Why are we in a shootout with the Jets in a game to get worse in the lottery? Like, what is going on, dude? Yeah, stupid. Uh, moving what? on here to the Buffalo Bills. They were ten and six last year. Uh, they they only got better. I mean, this I, I I'm they're gonna. Well, I have the Patriots going eight and eight. I guess full discretion here. I have the Bills going eleven and five. I think they run away with this. I love the addition of Stefan Diggs. Uh, I still think he's going to be a diva no matter where he goes. So you know, I don't anticipate these problems getting any better necessarily. Yep. But he's still going to produce no matter where he goes. The running game is actually really interesting. You have you already have Motor Singletary. Uh, people are really high on Zach Moss. Um, and I don't know. I mean, offensively, this this team is is going to be a problem. And you look at what they did a couple of years ago. Brilliant move, just kind of signing smart, low-key people in free agency. Uh, you know, like a Mitch Morris, like a Daryl Williams. Like, they, yep. they didn't break the bank on any of these guys. And some of these guys flamed out, but some of them have turned out pretty good. The secondary is going to be fucking great. Although Josh Norman's in the secondary, so hopefully he doesn't start. But Tredavious White, <laughs> Levi Wallace, Micah High, Teron Johnson. I mean, the defense only got better. A.J. Epinesa fell to you in the draft. Uh, you know, your linebacking core. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds came in with a shit ton of hype. He's still probably only like fucking 17 years old, but I'd like to see him have a breakout year, but I'm I'm really high on the Bills, especially in a weakened AFC East. Dude, I 100% agree with you. I, I, dude, they're, they're going to beat the Jets twice. They're going to beat the Dolphins twice. I think they have a chance to beat the Patriots twice just because of how many people have opted out. That defense is... I mean, my God, it looks like Swiss cheese after you consider all the opt-outs and, and players leaving. Um, man, this Bills team, like you said, they got better. They add digs, which I think is huge. You get a weapon like that. That defense is fantastic up in Buffalo. I love that. Man, I, I'm i really happy with how the Bills – is there a fan base that deserves it more? Like, Honestly not. They've been garbage for so long. I'm so happy to see the Bills – I agree, dude. Like, they've just been beat up on for so long by that division. They deserve to be on top for once. I'm super high on the Bills. I got them at 12-4 and four right now. I think they could win six games in the division. Jets and Dolphins will be trash. New England Patriots, like I said, there's just so many players opted out. And like, And I don't know. I, I got Buffalo winning 12 games. That defense is something serious. Yeah, and one thing on the Stephon Diggs trade – that is the most – you talk about highway robbery with the Hopkins trade to uh, Arizona. That Diggs trade is the most fair trade of all time. A first-round pick for Diggs. Like, the Justin Jefferson obviously might not be as good as Stephon Diggs in year one because he's a rookie, but that's the yeah. most fair trade I've ever seen. So they didn't give up too much. They didn't mortgage the future. Diggs is still young. An amazing trade. It really – like most teams, obviously, so it's not necessarily unique here, but it comes down to Josh Allen. What do we get from this guy? I need, I, I need, I need, I need to see a completion percentage above 60% at a bare minimum, 58.8%. I know it's in Windy, you know, Orchard Park, New York, or wherever the hell they play, but yep. you, it has to be better than that. Uh, 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions. It's going to be half to, it's going to, the, the turnover ratio there is fine. You know, two to one, a little more than two to one is, is always, you know, that that's above average for a starter. Um, but I, I just need to see improvement from Josh Allen, which I think we will see. I, I think we really will. Yeah. And I, dude, I'm so high in the bills and it, it's going to be so much fun to watch that team actually be good again. Um, moving on. I, I'd assume we're going to New York next. 
Yes, sir. Take the Jets. Do you want to start? Yeah, because I'll keep it really, really simple. This is a fucking sure. really bad team. They're going to go four and twelve. Sam Darnold is not the answer. I think he sucks. Who the hell gets mono? Uh, Le'Veon Bell is a top five worst contract in the league. You never pay running backs. You lost Jamal Adams. You're going to lose Marcus May. Uh, This team has no talent. And I'll tell you what, Domino's has better pizza than New York pizza. My God, that's that's a freezing cold takes right there. (laughs) Um, One one thing that I'd like to say, though, I'm I'm not high on the Jets, but I do think they definitely won the um, Jamal Adams trade. I really believe they won that. They got a lot. They got a lot in return for a guy that was probably going to leave anyways, even though he said, oh, I'd love to be in New York. I loved it. I'm sure you do, buddy. Um, but they got – I think they got a good return on that. I think they won that trade with the Seahawks. Um, Sam Darnold, I I literally wrote right here, Sam Darnold, not the answer, needs weapons. The, de- the defense isn't great. Man, dude, it's just not a good football team. And they were 7-9 and nine last year. The, Man, I'm I'm looking at like five and eleven here. I, they're just really bad. Or am I crazy? No, 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 no. Sam Darnold has 28 interceptions in his first 26 games. Well, dude, it's because he's, he's seeing ghosts. <laughs> oh, dude, they did him so dirty. They did him so dirty. That'll stick with him forever. That's, dude, that's literally one of the funny. Like I use that in my day to day life every now and then. I'm like, bro, that dude's seeing ghosts. Like, it's so hilarious. That's just so funny. Oh, man. Imagine you're – what do you do when you're a coach and your quarterback comes back to the sideline and says, I don't know what's going on. I'm seeing ghosts out there. We're, what we're are putting in Mike White. Say? Yeah, like what are, you, what are you supposed to say? Oh, my – I've got him at 5-11, and 11 and they're just terrible. I think it's more likely they make a move from Darnold than it is they go above 500. And, I agree uh, with that. Shout out to James Morgan, who is probably going to be the backup there. I mean, I know Flacco's there, but uh, Green Bay's own James Morgan is uh, probably going to be the backup quarterback there for the Jets. Love to see it. Yeah, yeah. so I'm good on the Jets here if you want to move on to the Dolphins. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any desire to talk more about uh, garbage. And I will say, not, not even just Domino's Pizza, River Falls Domino's Pizza off of uh, Main Street. Wow. I've had better pizza there than uh, New York Pizza. Tell you what, you know, you get you get some of the jalapenos on there. I mean, you tell them to put the have pizza you, in there for a little longer, get it nice and crispy. Real question: Have you ever been to New York and had pizza? No, oh. I don't want to get robbed. It's pre- I've been there. I've had the pizza. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm. I'm not gonna say it's like I'm not gonna say it's the pizza that'll change your life because I just don't believe pizza is that. I've had I've had. Legitimate deep dish in Chicago. I've been to New York. I've had legitimate New York slice. Like, it's good pizza, but it's not like change your life pizza. I don't know. I think Jack's frozen pizza is probably better than New York pizza, to be honest. Hey, hey, hey if you, in terms of in terms of cost, it's hard to go wrong with Jack's. Jack's is pretty good. Hey, where did you, you eat? Better be uh, where did you eat deep dish pizza in Chicago? <laughs> where? Yeah. Uh, Giordano's. Oh hell yeah! Called. Yeah, Giordano's is great. I've I've been yeah. there too in Chicago and eaten it. It was. It was good pizza. It wasn't like changed my life pizza, but it was good pizza. It was really good pizza. The only, th- it would be much better pizza if you put the sauce on the bo- or in, you know in between. Yeah, much. yeah. It would be really good, but I and like it. Was, it. I, I'm kind of a guy. I'm not a guy that needs to be a, that needs foods to be super clean, but that pizza was so beyond messy that it kind of took away from my experience. Like I don't need. I don't, need, I don't need cheese that can stretch the width of Chicago. I don't need that. 
I don't need so much fucking... sauce on on top that it's a fucking river. Yeah, I did. Great pizza, but still, like, I don't know. Better, better pizza, Chicago pizza or Eau Claire pizza. <laughs> this is a heavyweight fight. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, this is Ali and Tyson. This is a this is great, dude. That was obviously Chicago was the answer, but but still, dude, Eau Claire pizza. No exaggeration. That's the worst pizza I've ever had in my life. It was pretty bad, dude. You can't even eat it half was, of it. It no, it it tasted like I was eating out of a out of a dumpster behind a fucking Walmart. You know what it was like? This is the perfect uh, comparison. It's like you went to the Aldi's in River Falls and you went grocery shopping um, towards the end of the day. So the carts have been used mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. uh, you, you get a Jack's pizza or whatever they have, Mama Cozy's or whatever off-brand shit they have. And um, the plastic gets ripped and your pizza falls uh, face down on whatever's been in the bottom of that cart all day. So like onion skins and stuff yep. like that. And, and they just cooked it. Yep. Peanut that was- shells. And 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 the worst part is someone out there thought that would be a really good press box meal. I'd rather eat my left hand than eat that pizza. Someone out there was so deluded that they thought a nine topping for a pizza would be a great press box meal. <laughs> dude, dude, since we're doing these shows pretty regularly, which uh, I enjoy, and and we're uh, almost nearing three hours here, which is fucking know, awesome. Um, yeah, <laughs> we got it. We got to keep doing these shows, but we need to do another food show. We had so much fun with that, dude. And music reviews, we had so much fun with that as well, dude. Oh, dude, yeah, dude. God, that was that was fun stuff. That that one that. true South or whatever that had a song that was forty seconds with no fucking oh, yeah. words. <laughs> I'm like, where are the words? <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I wish we would have done that sooner in our time at River Falls. That was so much fun. Yeah. Right, I forgot where we were. So we're we're uh, oh, at yeah. the we're at the bottom Miami. of the AFC East here. So we're we're with Miami. Um, they went five and eleven last year. Um, what 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 do you make of the Dolphins after they uh, took Tua? I know they just announced that Fitz is the starter for Week One. Yep, they get Tua. Obviously, he's going to sit. There were some questions about the health, and Fitz is is going to be interesting as always. They they had Matt Breida at the running back position. I mean, they had they had Pro Bowler Byron Jones at cornerback. They had Jordan Howard as well, so they've they've added some pieces. And man, with the with the way that New England's going to regress, I think New York gets worse. Obviously, Buffalo is going to get better, but I see them getting slightly better. I don't know how much better. Um, it also depends a lot on how long Tua is going to sit. Is this going to be a three game thing? Is this a six game? Is this maybe a whole season? I don't know. But you'd have to imagine, or at least if it's me, I'd like to see him play in the first year in his rookie year, but. Five and eleven. I'm gonna say they end up more around maybe seven and nine. I'd put them at. I, I I think they get better. I just don't think it's worlds better. Yeah. So I'm gonna say they get better, but their record gets worse. So I think they go four and twelve. Um, I think they actually got really lucky last year. Well, unlucky in my books, but you know they got really lucky with winning some of these games. You can't tank with the Fitzmeister. Um, it's it's impossible. You're just going to win. You will win four four to five games automatically with Fitz as your quarterback. I think eventually they go to Tua, but you know me. I don't believe in sitting quarterbacks at all. Now, if Tua if Tua is still injured, then okay, I obviously sit him because we're not going to have him out there with you know a bum hip. But I don't believe in sitting quarterbacks at all. So I think there's probably a transition somewhere in the middle of the season, and uh, I don't think Tua will do good. 
Um, I, I still think he'll, he'll be a great quarterback in the future, but I think, you know, him not knowing he's the starter and then just throwing him in is kind of a recipe for um, not, not awesome quarterbacking. Um, but they did get better. I mean, Byron Jones, I don't think Byron Jones is that he's good, but I don't think he's a pro bowler. Um, yeah, probably but you, you get Ogba, you get Van Noy. I like what they did. They didn't go super crazy in free agency, even though they had a lot of money. And uh, Brita was a nice get as well. But I just look, uh, your, your front seven's still going to be pretty darn bad. Like we're still hoping, I mean, maybe we'll get something from Christian Wilkins. You, you drafted Raekwon Davis. Um, you, you no longer have to mess around with uh, Charles Harris and uh, that, that other guy that you uh, wasted a pick on. And the offensive line, like, I like I like a lot of the young players on this team. They're just a couple of years away from being good. So, I like Robert Hunt. I like Austin Jackson. These are just younger guys who are rookies, and I don't foresee them being super good in, in year one. So, I actually think they, they get better, but their record will uh, go down here to 4-12. and 12. Yeah, I, man, I just think – I think Fitz is good for three or four wins. I think Tua comes in. He can win a couple more games, and – I think New England's beatable at least once. I think New York is beatable both times. Buffalo, you probably lose both. But, man, I'd, I think they can scrap and find their way to seven wins, especially with the additions in the offseason. I think that's it for every team in the regular season. Do you want to walk through your playoff bracket here? Yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously, we had Chiefs and the Ravens getting first-round buys which means that the Texans and the Bills are going to host uh, playoff wow. games. The Steelers are at the Texans, and the Broncos are the number six seed at the Bills. So uh, I have the Texans beating the Steelers Yep. Um, solely, solely because of Deshaun Watson, like we've seen in, in years past. Um, and I don't think the Steelers are that good of a team where you go, okay, Deshaun Watson couldn't single-handedly beat them. It's still a tall task but I think he gets it done. And the uh, the Bills and the Broncos, I have the Bills beating the Broncos. I think the Broncos are probably a year away from being a legitimate contender. They'll be good this year. Like I said, they'll, they'll be the team on the rise, and obviously they made it to the playoffs. But, you know, a lot of rookie weapons. Drew Locke in his first year as a starter. They just need to – they need a little more seasoning, if you know what I mean. I agree. So uh, now we're in the uh, divisional round here. We'll have the Texans at the Chiefs. We know how that game went last year. Um, I think the Chiefs just blow them out straight up from from the first minute. I don't even think they let them get the twenty one nothing lead and then come yep. back. I think it's just a murder. Yep. Oh man, I could have made a I could have made a really bad joke. Yep, I knew where you were gonna go. I might that. I might um, have to text you that joke. Um. Yeah, dude. I it's gonna be a blowout and. That's one thing I'd like to – it's going to be interesting to watch in the playoffs this year with Kansas City is, like, are they going to continue to spot teams' leads? Because I'm not going to say they got lucky last year, but at some point a team is going to clamp down on you and you're not going to be able to come back that much. Um, so they need to get out of the gates early. There's no, they, they can't keep relying on the third and fourth quarter to just score 35 points and win the game. Um, I'd like to see them start earlier, and, and I think they'll do that this year. Yeah, and, and then in the other divisional game, we have the uh, Ravens, who got the, the first-round bye, hosting a playoff game here versus the Buffalo Bills. And um, I have the Bills winning this one. I think the Bills will beat the Ravens. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? The, the Ravens are obviously really good. They're stacked, but they falter in the playoffs. 
uh, I don't know, man. This is the Bills, the Bills year. Game. They're they're in the AFC Championship game versus Love the it. Chiefs. Love it. Yeah, it, it, dude, that's that Bills Chiefs, man. That would be so exciting, so exciting. Oh yeah, dude, it's awesome. So um, now we're in the championship game. So just a reminder, <clears throat> we had the the Buccaneers beating the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. So. The, the Buccaneers hosting a home Super Bowl. It's the Chiefs and the Bills here in the AFC Championship game. And I'm sorry to be unoriginal, but I just think they're so much better. The Chiefs are going to beat the Bills here in the AFC Championship game. Yep, that's not, that sounds about right. I know the Bills' defense is a lot better. I don't think it's that good. It's not enough to stop that Kansas City offense. And and when you take a look at the uh, the Bills' offense, it's – yeah, the Chiefs' defense, eh, it's not great, but it's decent enough to get the job done, especially when your offense is probably going to put up 40. Yeah, absolutely. So, sorry to be unoriginal here, but in the Super Bowl, it's the number one seeded Buccaneers and the number one seeded Chiefs. Uh, it shouldn't come as a shocker that in a before-the-season preview that the number one seeds are in the Super Bowl because I put them there for a reason. Um, and in this one, I'll give you a specific score. How about that, Reagan Hooverman? I'm going to say Chiefs. 42 Buccaneers, 31. The Buccaneers, feel good story. They finally get to host uh, a home Super Bowl. Can they win it? Nope, they're going to lose. Tom Brady does not win a Super Bowl in his first year with the Buccaneers. The Chiefs are too much, and they will repeat as Super Bowl champions. Yeah, dude, it's hard to argue against any points made for the Chiefs. I mean, you've got the best quarterback in the league by far right now. Obviously, Lamar Jackson was the MVP, but come on. Let's be real. Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. This dude is is (laughs) – if he retires today, he's probably in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> but, like, the, the dude, he's just got so much talent. That Chiefs team is so stacked. They've got weapons like crazy. That defense, it's not super great, but they've got the ability to get stops, and they can make turnovers. And, and I think anybody betting on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl is, is making a pretty smart bet. Absolutely. So that is our uh, our preview of the playoffs here. Really quickly, any – any closing thoughts here before we get to a, a real quick MVP and Rookie of the Year prediction? I think there's a lot of interesting teams that are going to be fun to watch. I think Buffalo is obviously going to be one. I think New England's going to be one. Denver is going to be super interesting. And I think my hottest take of the day, I, I, I think you agree with it for sure. I've got Dallas going 12-4. and four. And Just because the NFC East is so garbage, I think it's going to be so much fun to watch. And then, of course, seeing what happens in Tampa Bay. There's just there's so many good storylines, and I, I can't wait for football to get started here. Uh, and honestly, in the next couple of days. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Those three teams you mentioned are the three teams I'm most excited about. The the Broncos, the Bills, and, and uh, the Cardinals. Who, who knows how good they will be? Maybe they fall short of our expectations, but they'll be fun to watch anyway. And, you know, we, we have a multiplier when it comes to storylines because we have the coronavirus that, you know, will, will amplify some of these storylines. And the, I just hope – I just hope the worst thing possible is that a bunch of teams get the coronavirus and these storylines get thrown out the window and like the fucking seven and nine Titans win the Super Bowl because, you know, the Ravens get there and Lamar Jackson has the coronavirus and they have to start Trace McSorley or something like that. I just hope we can have some semblance of a legitimate football season, you know, devoid of what's going on in the world. 
Yep, and, and, and yeah, dude, there's so many good teams to watch. Uh, obviously, Arizona Cardinals are going to be one with, with Hopkins and, and Kyler Murray and all that jazz, and, and then watching the Cowboys. and there, Dude, there's just so many good storylines. The Saints will be interesting as always. But it, like you said, it's going to come back to coronavirus and what happens there, man. It, it's just so unfortunate. I, I'd feel a lot safer if they were doing some sort of bubble. I know that'd be tough, and I know it'd be nearly impossible. But, man, it, it's just – it's it's so difficult to keep what 50 some odd players plus plus practice squad staying safe not not going out to clubs and bars and obviously if you go out it's not going to be a guarantee you get coronavirus but you're putting yourself at risk and it would be a real shame to see the season shut down early um because some teams decided to go out and do stuff and 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 do whatever I, i i think the mlb you know, I think they've done a good job. I think the NBA is honestly the gold standard for what needs to happen. I don't know how realistic it is for the NFL, but I'm just hoping the season happens and, uh, you know, players stay healthy so we can see the truly the, the best teams win. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you here. Um, so here really quickly, we have some odds for uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. So we'd like to get your picks on that. We'll also give uh, quick picks on the MVP here. Um so does anybody stand out? What's your what's your pick here for the offensive rookie of the year? Obviously, Joe Burrow. I forget where these odds are from. I want to say Bovada, but Joe Burrow is the uh, prohibitive favorite to win it. But we also have guys like Clyde Edwards, E. Lair, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, Jerry Judy. Two was up there as well. Um, who, who are you picking from this bunch? I'm, I'm, I don't want to be super original, so I'm, I'm going to go away from Joe Burrow. I, like, uh, obviously – just so much can go wrong, especially in Cincinnati. Like they're two and 14 last year. There's not a lot around him. I, dude, I'd love to see like a wide receiver or a running back win it. I'd love to see a guy like Jonathan Taylor win it. Like I want, he's just so good. He's a Wisconsin dude. He's going to a decent team, a seven and nine Indianapolis Colts team. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. I think he has the opportunity to produce. I think those weapons on the outside, I think Phillip Rivers, it'll give the opportunity for the box to open up a little bit. That's a pretty good offensive line. They've got, obviously, um, the, the best guard in the league right now. And I'd love to see a running back win it. Jonathan Taylor is a dude that – he if he would have stayed for his senior season at, um, at Wisconsin, dude, he could have set the all-time record for rushing yards um, in a four-year span in a career in college. Um, so I'd love to see a guy like Jonathan Taylor win offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. The, the thing is, I, I hate it's going to gonna be, be so hard, but I'd love to see it. Yeah. Um, I hate to be unoriginal, but it's going to be Joe Burrow. Obviously there's a major quarterback bias and he's going to start from week one. I would love to say somebody else, but when I'm looking at these top guys, I just don't really see how it's going to be possible. So, you know, CD two, Lamb two, could be there. yeah, maybe CD lamb, but here's the thing. Like, Tua's not going to start right away. Herbert's not going to start right away. Uh, Edwards Hilaire would make sense, but I think because Mahomes is, a, is his quarterback and there's so many other weapons that he'll put up great numbers, but I think his play will be diminished because they'll just go, well, you have, you know, an MVP quarterback and stuff like this. Um, like Jerry Judy, uh, you're sharing, you're sharing the ball with uh, Cortland Sutton, Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be sharing the backfield with Marlon Mack, Deandre Swift. I mean, the Lions have carry on Johnson, and who knows how good they'll be. Uh, I hate to be unoriginal, but I have to say I, I would heavily yeah. favor Joe Burrow to win this one. Yeah. Joe Burrow is probably going to be the pick, but I, I just think it'd be fun to see someone else win it, someone non-quarterback, and, and kind of spread the love a little bit. I think it's a lot easier, though, for running backs than it would be for wide receivers. Obviously, 
Taylor's going to be splitting time, um, at least for the foreseeable future. But, man, there's I think there's a lot more opportunity at running back this year than there is a wide receiver. There's just so many good receivers. And, and when you account for how much – how many times they can actually get the ball. I just think it's not a safe bet to go with a wide receiver. Yeah, I would say my number two option would be CeeDee Lamb. Um, moving on here, the uh, defensive rookie of the year. Um, anybody stand out to you as your selection? I, I'm going to let you go first on this because I'm, I'm curious to see what you, uh, what you go with here. Yeah, so obviously Chase Young is the favorite. He's, he's the heavy favorite. And I'm – that makes a lot of sense on paper, but Washington's going to be a dog shit football team. I think uh, Isaiah Simmons will be the rookie of the year because uh, I think uh, he might be the second best defensive rookie. So it is possible Chase Young plays better, but Simmons is going to have more eyeballs and he's going to be on a better team, which I feel like kind of factors into, uh, you know, the committee's choice when it, when it comes to selecting defensive rookie of the year. So uh, I'm actually going to go with Isaiah Simmons. Uh, I guess the strong safety middle linebacker, defensive end he can just do everything so i think people are really going to see him when they when they tune into cardinals games which a lot of people are going to be doing this year i'm i'm gonna go with chase young i I just dude that i have never and i haven't been watched i haven't been watching every draft for you know 25 years whatever but i've been probably watching the draft for seven or eight years and it's hard to remember a player that is getting as much credit as this guy is before he's even played an NFL snap. I mean, people are, people are legitimately talking about him being a hall of fame caliber player. And obviously that's so, so far away, but seeing a guy like that, knowing that, yeah, I mean, the Washington football team is probably not going to be playing for a lot this year. I think this is a dude that can just go out there and he's going to tally up sacks like crazy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I think that I think that's definitely fair. I mean, there's, he's a favorite for a reason, um, and obviously yep. he, could, he could put up some pretty gaudy numbers um, in in the NFC East. Um, so one final prediction here: the NFL MVP. Who do you got? Oh man, there's dude. There's so many ways you could go with this, and I I, I think I think Mahomes is going to get the nod this year. I I, I don't think. Lamar Jackson is going to take as big of a step as people might think, even after what he did last year. But dude, I, man, it's hard to argue against Patrick Mahomes. It's a dude that just got paid with a literal Brinks truck. I I think you can make the argument. The offense got better. They've locked him up for 10 years. They've locked up uh, Jones on the defensive side of the football for uh, four years and $85 million. I I just feel like everything's in place. Andy Reid's a fantastic head coach. They've got a good environment. And I saw Kansas City is one of the teams that might be letting fans in, so that could be interesting um, to play in the grand scheme of things as well. But I think Mahomes is a safe pick here, and uh, I, I fully expect him to win MVP. Yeah, I, th- I think that is a safe pick, but I'm going to go with Russell Wilson because uh, the, the Seahawks are worse than the Chiefs, so when Russell Wilson performs really well, it's, it's going to look more impressive. And I know – Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes are two favorites to, to win the MVP um, are, are, are still young. So this might not have entirely set in yet, but it's kind of like Jordan. Jordan should have won MVP pretty much every single yep. year he was there, but there is, you know, voter fatigue is a legitimate thing. Now, of course, you know, they're still very young, but they've both won MVP before. Russell Wilson has, has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league since, since he came in in 2012, but he's never won MVP. His numbers last year are fucking ridiculous. 
66% completion percentage, 31 touchdowns, five interceptions. And then, of course, you know, what he brings in, in the run game as well. So uh, I think that team's finally good enough to where he can show his, he can showcase his full abilities. And uh, I, I think Russell Wilson's going to be the NFL MVP. Yeah, they, if he's going to win MVP, they've got to dethrone San Francisco. And I know you picked that earlier on when we were doing our, our picks for the NFC West, but that's going to be a tall task. They've got, they've got to win that division if that's going to happen, and uh, it's, it's going to be tough. San Francisco's good, a good team, but honestly, if there was any quarterback in the league that could do it, it's, it's probably Russell Wilson. Absolutely. So there we go, Reagan Hooverman, just a little north of three hours, but we, we finally did it. We've previewed the 2020 NFL season. There's no need to watch it. We already previewed it. Yep, no need to watch. Just, just come on back. We'll, we'll give you updates. We, we got to do more of these shows and real talk. We got to do, we got to do a flashback on that college football game, that, that division three river falls lacrosse game. We should totally do that. Dude, I'm down. It's, it's kind of becoming a, a weekly thing here. Uh, you know what I mean? We, we always can make time and listen, you know, whether or not we do an episode on soup or, or we do one on uh, River Falls football, you know, it'll, it'll be compelling stuff here. I mean, this is, this is top tier radio. This is great stuff right here. So, uh, yeah, this was fun. This was in depth. We did, we just did three hours on NFL and that was a lot of fun. So, uh, look forward to the next one and I'm, I'm sure we'll be back soon. Uh, honestly, probably in the next week or so. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see this uh, continuing on uh, pretty regularly. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, well, pr- promote some stuff here, Reagan. I mean, promote your Twitter hand- Twitter handle to the to the good people here. They got to follow you for your well, uh, follow it on Twitter. Follow it on Twitter at sportsfanhoove at sports at fan and then hoove h o o v. A um, lot of a lot of hot sports takes. Like I said last time when we talked, you and I, we we go back about back and forth about once a week on something hilarious that's been happening. Maybe maybe today or tomorrow it'll be OBJ news. But uh, there's usually some crazy stuff happening on sports Twitter, and there's honestly nothing better than that. Absolutely. So you could follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely M N. North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M I N. You got to check out NorthStarSports.media. It's the greatest website of all time. You know, I know, I know I always talk about it, but listen, you go to, you go to the ESPN website. You know what happens when you go to the ESPN website, Reagan Hooverman? What, what do you see? First of all, you see just utter bullshit, just terrible web design, nothing like the sleek and modern, uh, <laughs> you know, layout of NorthStarSports.media, but also the, the videos start playing right away. You don't even have a choice. You can't click on the videos. You have that to click on the videos true. to I, stop them. I hate websites that autoplay videos. Yeah, well, that's ESPN. That's Bleacher Report. Listen, we have all of our audio for all of our shows on the website. We don't autoplay. We give you the choice because we don't, you know, listen, Reagan, I don't know about ESPN or Bleacher Report, but uh, here at North Star Sports, we care about consent when it comes to autoplaying videos. Absolutely. Yes means yes, and no means no. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, do, I do dislike that, though. The, the sites that autoplay is the worst, especially if you have multiple tabs open. It'll just start playing in the background. That's like the worst thing ever. Yeah, oh, it's, it's terrible. Then you got to figure out where it is. Listen, we yep. don't have that. We have, you know, awesome audio. We have a Hall of Fame section where Reagan Hooverman is enshrined. Listen, we do the MMA, MMA right. picks. We do the, uh, the main card showdown. You know what I mean? We have updated UFC rankings, uh, 30 minutes to an hour after each UFC event. It takes, it takes the UFC like three or four days to do it. You know, we do it right away. We don't care. We're trailblazers. We don't, we don't wait for other people to tell us what to do. Oh, I got to think about this. I don't got to think about fucking nothing. Cause I already know my thoughts. 
I don't need, you know, I don't need to let it dwell on me and, and, you know, sleep on it. No, that's for fucking losers. I'm going to tell you right away where they're ranked and they're going to, it's, it's going to be so much better than theirs. I mean, you know, listen, at some point we're going to have to get Reagan Hooverman on the main card showdown, even though he doesn't, you know, really know anything about the UFC, Dude, but that listen, would be hilariously bad. That's fine. It's just about making picks. You can look up the odds. Oh, you can look oh, up. I'll, I'll be, I'll be flipping. You, you'll hear me flipping coins off the off screen. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there we go. And to be honest, oh, it's it's a good thing because it just means I win and and continue being champion. You know what I mean? Drew Peterson nope. is is not even a challenge for me at this point. You know, I just dominate this guy. Yes, yeah, dude. I'm more than willing to pop on for a half hour or hour or whatever it is and make some picks. Uh, if you haven't had any competition or at least any competitive stuff. I'll be happy to come on and make some picks and yeah, absolutely. myself a little bit. Listen, and sometimes it's not even a show. Sometimes it's you just sending me the picks over, uh, you know, Snapchat or something. So it's not even that much work. But listen, yeah. w- what if it turns out you're really good at picking MMA fights? You know, you could be the hey. Kurt Warner of this league. Oh, yeah. Some guy who was Dude, just bagging hey. groceries a couple of weeks ago, and now, you know, now you're the, the champ. Hey, it could happen. You never know. So, uh, but yeah, this was fun. And uh, I'm sure once the NFL season starts up, we'll uh, – We'll do we'll do some more of this. It'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. the The big show uh, that I'm looking at here is, is the Twins postseason show because they they only have a handful of of more games to play here. So you know some interesting stuff upcoming in in the realm of uh, the MLB. Absolutely, that'd be a lot of fun, and I love talking Twins, and uh, I think it'd be a blast. I just hope they face the Yankees. That's the only thing I want. I Dude, want them right to face now. The, the right now, the Yankees are out of the playoff picture. <laughs> Is that right? Oh yeah, they've been getting killed by uh, the they've Blue been Jays. Getting, they've been getting smoked. <laughs> like I always say, I hope they lose every single game until the end of time. Me too. I agree. All so, right. So yeah, we got a lot of stuff to cover. And we can do that in the future, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. So that's Reagan the Hound Dog Hooverman. I'm Owen the Mailman Ely, and this has been North Star Sports. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.